Warzone Connection Podcast Network fans, welcome into Wrestling Warzone, a Monday Night Wars podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me as ever is my friend Chad. Chad, how are you? Doing good. Uh, this is a, a Michael Jordan flu game for both of us. So uh, now, were we at the casino last night? I guess. I guess you can determine yourself. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll piece that together. It's such a great. Is that? I, I'm trying to think. Is that your favorite? Uh, well. There's some good like sports conspiracy theories now. College football, I would say in generals in a league of their own, where you have like yesterday uh, somebody found out. Well, we're taping when we're taping this. Yesterday was the Rose Bowl. Somebody found out the lead official for the Alabama Michigan game was like a Michigan fan and dug up an old tweet of them retweeting like Michigan basketball beating Ohio State from eight years ago, which I mean, that, that does that does seem like that's a little bit of a, you know. Yeah, conflict of interest. Right I there. probably could have picked somebody else to do that game. But yeah, so, so college football's conspiracy theories, I, I think, in general, we're in a, in a different league, but uh, that's always a good one for the NBA. I mean, not a conspiracy theory. I guess it really happened. The, the Falcon Super Bowl, right? The guy, what's his name, was with the prostitute the night before. And oh, yeah. Uh, Eugene Robinson, my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, good uh, always good. Uh, well, listen, this podcast here on our Connection is simulcast, both video and audio. Video on our YouTube channel, audio on any podcast application. Also currently on all of our social media Ryan Gray and myself are ranking every WWE WrestleMania match ever in short format, so 60 seconds and out. All 402 matches, a handful a day up until this year's Mania. So you can find those on TikTok, on YouTube, shorts, on uh, Facebook or Instagram. So if you follow us on any social, you can go ahead and watch along and uh, get get angry, get get happy, enjoy the ride. Uh, you know, you got to deal with Ryan, but it's worth it. Yeah, please please uh, like and comment so my notifications go completely to hell like they did today. I yeah, kept looking. I was down. like, "What is going on?" And it was like, "Oh yeah, I got I got to change some settings on that." Shut this phone for us, please. Yeah. Blow it up. Thank you. All right. Well, on this show, we're going through the history of the Monday Night Wars. We started on September 11th, 1995, with the first head-to-head Raw and Nitro, and we are now into early 1997. We're on the doorstep of Raw's War. This is our final. Monday Night Raw episode, uh, which is crazy. We're here finally. Um, and it's a pretty infamous one, I would say. Yeah. And that's where we're going to start tonight uh, because Raw is taking place in Germany at the Deutschland Hall, <laughs> I believe is the name of it. Is that a, I know Vince says it about a million times, but uh, did I get that right? Deutschland, yes. I, Deutschland I Hall. Yes, yes, sir. <clears throat> All right. So that's where we are tonight for Raw. Uh, Vince narrates a video package about the fall of the Berlin Wall. A reunified Germany leads us here tonight to Raw, yeah. uh, including the final. <laughs> that's what it's all about. A little, little bit of a stretch there. That the, the uniting of Germany. Uh, uh, you know, I guess why East Germany finally rebelled and tore. Yeah, the, tore I, don't, the I don't think that was the uh, main right. point of contention. That maybe eight years later they could. Host. I mean, they were big into athletics. You don't think they just want to see some pro wrestling? Maybe some pro wrestling. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll have the finals of the European Championship Tournament tonight as well. Uh, the tournament took place on a tour across Europe, all different cities, and the finals are here. And that match will be the British Bulldog taking on his tag team partner, Owen Hart. We got our opening animation for the last time, the Monday Night Raw opening animation. 
Uh, Vince McMahon then excitedly welcomes into the Deutschland Hall, and we head right into the arena where the Honky Tonk Man is coming down the aisle to join Vince and JR. Honky struts around the ring. He runs down the card. Uh, we have three big title matches ahead. Honky then hops in the booth where we only see Vince live. So it looks like Ross was probably, I'm guessing, edited in, in the studio. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, that it. was weird how they did that because like Vince is there and Honky's there, but yeah. Ross is there. For, I mean, he's commentating, but we never right. see him. So yeah, I, I guess they dubbed answer. they dubbed all this shit in, and then. I guess they didn't have King in the booth because they wanted to do the call in later. But yeah, I think so. Pretty, and Honky pretty, was on the tour, so maybe they figured they'd yeah, least have two guys well, in the booth. A real healthy dose of Honky. He's <laughs> rapidly rising up my uh, rate. Him and Prince IK, I think, right now are my one and two on a go away heat ratings on the uh, Warzone. We're closing out Monday Night Raw in the spectacular fashion with the honker yeah. on a commentary. All right, our opening match is Brett the Hitman Hart taking on Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Hunter kicks us off. Honky's horny for all the women in the crowd in Germany. Vince <laughs> confirms that Hunter and Goldust will face off at WrestleMania. Brett cuts a quick promo backstage, says he hopes Austin is watching at home so he can see what's coming. A big pot for Brett in Germany, as always. Hits the ring. Ross talks about Brett not getting a lot of respect these days due to Austin. Uh, we get going. Hunter attacks the bell. Brett comes right back, controls Hunter on the mat. We get a clip of Austin arriving in the Duty of Studios. He's in the snow. Uh, we'll hear from him later. Hunter uses the hair and then stalls to booze as Ross and Brett is obsessed with the world title. Brett goes back to a side headlock, gets her chain work in. He continues to keep Hunter rocking and off balance as Honky's still digging the chicks. He says Brett used an illegal headbutt and he always gets away with things he shouldn't because of how sneaky he is. Hunter lands a knee to the gut and gets to work. During a break, we get a Slammy's ad, March 21st on USA at 11 p.m. We come back. Hunter's working over Brett. Ross says we'll hear from Jerry Lawler and Paulie Dangerously tonight on the phone. Vince says ECW has caused quite a stir in the WF. Hunter starts to target the arm with an armbar takedown, wears it down. JR hypes the Terminator, which airs Friday at 8 p.m. on USA. Brett then rallies, gets a superplex, cuts through his closing offense. Vince talks about the turmoil around the WF title, as well as Hunter's Amazonian pal, that has attacked Marlena as of late. Brett counters a pedigree into a slingshot, tries a sharpshooter. Hunter goes to the eyes. Hunter ends up with the tree of woe. Brett stomps away and knocks the ref down and draws the lame disqualification. Uh, that bionic type woman, as she's referred to, gets to the ring and stands down Brett. Hunter then celebrates in the aisle and shoves off the refs and walks away with the woman behind him. I mean, this is a fine TV match. Hunter, as usual, got barely any offense and It was all Brett outside of... Uh, the uh, pouring it out on outside of the brick and heat segment that happened during the break. Brett and Germany's always red hot, so it was good to get him on TV and get a uh, win. But we don't. We get the lame DQ instead. So um, you know, Brett's losing his focus heading to Mania. Uh, the Amazon continues to keep that going. Seems to make the alliance official, more official with Hunter. Uh, seeing more and more non-squash matches, the big bouts on Raw as well. By the way, these days as we uh, are changing in two hours, etc. So. Uh, two and a half on this. It was, it was fine. Could have been better. Could have been better. Yeah. The the way this card structured, it's almost like a house show. Um, yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Sky Dome Raw in that way. That feels like a house show that they just happened to broadcast for Raw. Um, the promotion of Terminator 
as a like special event movie. That's so funny. Like in retrospect, now when you have like, you know, I can probably flip over to TNT tonight and Infinity War or some, yeah, you know, right. like huge movies on, but they were like promoting this movie that at this point was over a decade old. <laughs> it was going to be on USA. Uh, as for the match itself, I went two and a quarter. Um, I think like, um, you know, Brett, Brett's certainly a contender for like wrestler of the year worldwide in 1997. I'm, I'm interested to track. I think this may be his worst performance of the year. I want to see, uh, I'd be surprised. I thought this was a very lazy performance by him. He's over. Um, and the match itself was just nothing. Uh, Hunter, I thought Hunter's a little bit been in the wilderness where like he's had this, you know, the, the long-standing feud with Marrow that we talked about. Now he's in this feud with Goldust, but the feud itself is more about Marlena and China than mm-hmm. Hunter and Goldust. So he's, he's in the, you know, on the back burner of that feud. Uh, so he, he's a little lost right now. But I thought just in the confines of this match, when we came back from break and he was working over Brett's arm, he was doing some decent, like, arm work that could have led somewhere. And Brad just, like, completely no-sold any of that and went right through his repertoire of, uh, you know, the five moves of Doom or whatever that led up to the DQ. Uh, My favorite portion of this match is the finish where um, China, who's still not named, gets in the ring, stares down Brett. Uh, I thought on commentary they were handling her better now where – you know they're they're calling her the what the bionic Amazon or whatever, but at least it's like woman or whatever. You know it's not like is she a woman? You don't have Waller like basically losing his mind over it. They just say like this is a powerful figure that's not backing down from somebody like Bret Hart. And I thought I thought that was impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I thought this also did good solidifying that you know like she is with Hunter. Um, I, before like any of her appearances has been kind of well is she just against Marlena you know or and kind of Hunter's the beneficiary or is this going to be like a you know a duo going forward and and this this you know put that to rest that they are going to be together going forward um, so so that was good but yeah the match overall I, I, I uh, you know I, I think it's shocking but I thought Hunter outward Brett you know I mean it wasn't this to me symbolized what was the problem with raw pretty much over the course of our podcast where you have this match on paper that you know can be a good match like this could have been a good match if the effort would have been there and i just don't think the effort was there um because you know that that wasn't the story like the storyline of this wasn't that we're gonna have a good match but yeah, it was just really melting in. So I was I was disappointed. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. It was reminiscent of Brett a year ago. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Like yeah. March ninety six, Brett. Yeah, they uh, did feel like that. So so like I said, I you know I think I, they fought. Did they fight before WrestleMania? They did. Too? They did. Yeah. I looked it up because I was like, how many singles matches do these people have? Mm-hmm. And the only two singles matches between them is that role we saw last year, which is like March second or may it may be like oh, a it's year crazy. Ago. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, and, and then this one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Vince goes to the studios. The chair is empty. Austin's not there. So Vince stammers. We hear a toilet flush. 
Uh, Vince takes us through some stills of Berlin. JR narrates clips from the Rumble when Owen eliminated the British Bulldog. Vince and JR talks about how they may have irreconcilable differences. Brings us to our next title match of the night. It's for the Intercontinental title as Rocky Maivia is taking on the man they call Vader. Vader and Paul Bearer amble out. Ross says Final Four has awakened Vader and he may take the belt tonight. We get the full metal slam of the week. It's Undertaker's offense against Farouk a week ago. Rocky's out with his belt. His presence coming along. Honky says he doesn't deserve that title. Ross goes over Vader's chances. We see clips that Vader actually beat Rocky in the first round of the Euro title tournament 11 days ago. So that's a nice touch to kind of set him up with yeah. that non-title win to get this match. Vince says the day of studio techs are hunting for Austin around the studios. Rocky gets right in Vader's face. He shoves him back. Even his facials are getting better. He's not his big smiles. Vader lands a quick thrust. He stalks a champ before landing a heavy barrage of punches. Vince compares, compares Vader to Hector Macho Camacho, who faced Sugar Ray Leonard last weekend, led to Sugar Ray retiring. Uh, Vader goes to a chin lock. Rocky gets a flash two count on a roll-up. Vader recovers with a clothesline, an avalanche, and then counters a sunset flip with a seated splash for two. Rocky blocks a suplex, gets his own for two, and comes rallying with strikes. After a break, Vader is back in control, gets two on a splash. Vader hits a splash off the middle rope for two, hooks a leg lace. Ross plugs upcoming events in Buffalo, Cleveland, Detroit, Springfield, and Worcester for Raw is War. Yeah. Vader slams Rocky violently, goes to the middle rope, but Rocky twists him into a power slam for two. He fires away, gets a big belly to belly, and then a float over DDT. Rocky goes up top. It's a high cross body, but Vader kicks out. Rocky drop kicks Vader over the top. He follows, but Mankind comes out, decks Rocky with the urn, and we get a disqualification. Vader is not happy about losing this title chance. Mankind leaves as Vader beats on Rocky and leaves him laid out. Uh, this is a good match. Uh, had some energy, some uh, in a vibe story where the veteran Vader is playing his game. He baited Rocky into mistakes, controlled and manhandled them. Rocky's continued to improve in little ways. I think it makes these matches more competitive. Uh, you know, has never quit style. And Vader's re really has gotten into gear in 97. He's been a lot better for sure. Uh, the finish in a vacuum is fine. It's just setting up that Mankind and Vader are at odds, and it looks like they may have something going on at Mania. But it's our second straight stupid DQ finish here okay. to start the show. Um, and it's going to be a problem if they don't figure it out. Like, this isn't a program or promotion that has booked a lot of competitive TV matches in their history. And suddenly they have to. So they have to start making decisions on pins. Like, they can't keep relying on, on DQs yeah. and countouts to get them through. If, the, if this is going to be the new format, because it's been mainly squash shitty with a marquee match for forever. So um, Rocky gets protected a bit, which is fine, but e either way he's, he's fine. So I went three stars. I like the match. I like the story. Vader has been great. Um, but I, I do think they could be starting to, to run into some Rocky waters booking wise that they can't start making decisions here. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good point to talk about because even if you think about WCW with Nitro, I mean, NWA, um, you know, 605, like they've had patches where they had competitive matches and did that. And, I mean, WWF, it was very limited up till Raw. I mean, it was pretty much like Saturday night main event and, Every once in a while, you get some a little nugget of something on a superstars or challenge, but but usually, you know, usually not. They saved it for the house shows, and then even in Raw, you know, as we talked about, they they've had a, a few sprinkling marquee matches here and there, but but I mean, this show this show is booked with four matches out of five 
like this this TV program has four matches out of five with big stars in it, or and definitely people you want to push, and that and that's a good thing. But yeah, you do have to book it to where this was two two matches in a row that felt very samey with the booking, and it did feel like a house show. I think that played into why I thought that like that that you know essentially this is a this is a a house show dressed up as Raw. Um, as the match itself, I think this is direct opposite from the opener, where I think this way overachieved, actually, my expectations. Um, you know, like Vader in 97 has been, I don't, I don't know, I wouldn't say sneaky good, but he's also mm-hmm. someone I'm wanting to track, because 96, he showed very brief, like, glimpses of this, but between his final four performance and something like this, where he's starting to pad his resume now with good TV matches. I thought he led Rocky along really good here. I thought Rocky for his part did well too. And uh, it was almost like what Dustin Rhodes does good versus Vader in those uh, matches that he had with Vader in WCW where, um, you know, Dustin's a tall guy. Rocky's a tall guy too. But up against Vader, he looks uh, smaller. He almost makes himself look smaller, makes yourself look more like an underdog or, you know, a greedier baby face like that will size up and go toe to toe versus Vader. And then the hope spots are like aerial oriented where he does his cross body and stuff like that. Um, I'm still waiting on the crowd to turn on Rocky. Uh, Hasn't happened yet. Um, and his development's been very fun to watch. I, I think he definitely has solidified himself uh, with the way he's performed that you can see, like, he's, he certainly had a lot of potential at this point. Like, he looks like somebody that you would want to get behind uh, very quickly uh, if you're the WWF and has shown shown a lot in his brief moments. So I went three stars, too. I, I thought this was a, a, a good good TV match. Um that the finish was it's what Raw's been missing a lot of ones that don't don't deliver on the promise yes. right like this is the type yes. of thing they need more consistently yes um so it's good on them to do it yeah. and yeah it's definitely promising for rocky i think i think you think back when you hear like historically about the early days of rocky Maivia, it's always made out to be like he was uh a lost bomb for like the first six months you know his whole yeah. until he leaves and comes back right but it, I, I think honestly outside of the, that first month He's been fine. To yeah, to, the perception I always got, probably. and yeah, well, like just thinking back, it was more like he was force fed this intercontinental title, and the fans didn't really want it, and they, you know, rejected him and stuff like that. And I know part of that's coming, but right now we're a month after he won the belt, and it hasn't happened yet. Like. So once he's came back from the Survivor Series match and his little brief December run, like he's been he's been good, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel very fluky that he won the Intercontinental Title either. No. Like I don't I don't feel like he's like a I mean, even by this point, like the lineage of the Intercontinental Title to me doesn't stick out so. It's good. No, I think the only thing you could say is he's just very saccharine. Like he's a very basic, like yeah. goody goody baby face. Um, yeah. And we're rapidly approaching an era where that's not going to be as accepted. So, uh, but in ring, he's been fine. <clears throat> All right. We get clips of the war over the last couple of weeks between the ECW and the WWF. And then we go right back to the ring as Flash Funk is here to take on the Sultan. Sultan rocks to the ring solo this week, moving very slowly. 
King calls in and cracks jokes at Vince, calls out Vince for wasting more of Raw's time, showing the ECW highlights. He says, last week is a low point in Raw history, and other WF stars are upset, just like he is. King says, next week in Worcester, that Paulie may show up, and he has a personal invitation. Raw will be war and will be no joke. Flash Funk is out. There's no Funkettes. Uh, Vince says King has a passport issue. That's why he stayed behind. <clears throat> During a break, we get a quick Raw's war plug for next week. I don't much detail. During the break, Sultan had attacked. Uh, Funk is rallying. He dips Sultan outside, meets him with a springboard dive. Honky's horny for the ladies again. Back inside, Sultan works the arm. Ross says Funk lost to Owen in round one of the European tournament. Sultan cranks a chin lock. Paul E calls in, says this has gone too far. He showed up last week to showcase ECW to plug his pay-per-view. But some has-been from Memphis claims to speak for the whole locker room and challenges him again. And his own employer doesn't think highly enough of him to buy him a ticket to Berlin to co-host his own show. Vince says, maybe a number of stars feel like King does, but not all of them. And he thanks Paul for ECW bringing their action to Raw. Paul thanks him for the platform. Paul says, because King works for Vince, he'll share the message next time he offers a challenge. And it will be answered. It may not be on Raw. Maybe it'll be Madison Square Garden. They'll be in Philadelphia. Or just maybe it will be in Worcester next week. And then ever the shill, Paul sneaks one more plug in for Bailey Legal on the way out the door. Funk gets a Rana. JR thinks he hurt his neck, but he heads up top and gets a moonsault for two. Sultan catches Funk on a float over, hits a wheelbarrow slam, and finishes with the camel clutch. Uh, really not much of a match, just a backdrop for Heyman and King. Uh, Funk looked out of it, so maybe he really did fuck his neck up. Like, he definitely looks like they went home quick. Uh, Sultan's whatever. Obviously, they're prepping him for Mania, but uh, not much of a challenger in waiting here. Uh, start at uh, three quarters for me. Yeah, well, I'm starting out. We hadn't seen Sultan since October on Raw uh, versus the Pug. Uh, you know, no... No, no backlund. You know, I mean, we did that uh, shotgun Saturday night, so we kind of got a glimpse of him there. But, uh, but yeah, on 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 the big show, uh, it's been it's been a while for him. Um, I I meant to mention this on the last match, but I, I was curious to see because I I didn't remember whether uh, when they switched to Raw as War, if it was just like a you know, hey, surprise, we're rebranding, or if they promoted it. And, yeah, um, like Ross mentions it before, and then we get the graphic, and they're they're talking about it a lot. So I thought they did a good job, like, promoting um, that, that, you know, something different was happening next week with Raw is War. You don't right. – And really it's interesting – it's interesting that they didn't say, like, it's a new concept or is it like a one-night yeah. – you know, like, we've, we've had a, one, a lot of one-night concepts, right, this ECW with the Sky Dome – Germany is it like a one night raw you know, war setting or something right you know? yeah yeah it's uh it it's kind of ambiguous as of now but yeah I mean this match to me is nothing um Sultan sucks and flash gets a few flashy spots but it, they're they're disjointed and the match was all about the uh keen and dangerously call-ins and those those were fine like good jabs back and forth probably about as good as you could do honestly with these call-ins but um not not much happening here all right <clears throat> we get clips from the last time steve austin was in the wf studios that was last october if you remember that uh, yeah. it was right before he went to pillman's house vince talks about mankind cutting a promo in german and then we visit sid backstage who's screaming as always it says mankind should be prepping for the game not learning german I'm mad that Sid didn't say like Germanese or something stupid. Uh, Sid is preparing for the dark side and mankind becomes another symbol of the wayside. 
of his victories. Quite the quite the statement for Mark. Sid's face is so red yeah, in this yeah. promo. I don't. I mean, it don't. But I mean, look at that. Like, yeah, that, that is beat red. I mean, it, it looked like he got yeah. sunburned. Uh, I don't. I don't. It was brutal. But yeah. We had Clinton in your house where the British Bulldog and O'Hart had continued their struggles with communication. Ahmed Johnson then comes to the ring. He chats with the German ring announcer. Ahmed officially accepts Rook's challenge for a street fight at WrestleMania. We get a You're Going Down chant and a uh, very simple total point. You're going down. You're going down. I don't know if you had anything else on this, but it's pretty straightforward. No, straightforward. I mean, yeah, it, it sets up another match for Mania. I mean, which I thought they'd already had. So I don't know. Like, they seemed like last week or the week before would. Uh, at least last week when Farouk came out, they were talking about, well, he's got all yeah, coming, yeah. So I don't know if we needed him to stroll down there to make it official, but whatever. All right, we get a WrestleMania 13 hype video running the top matches down with the Eclipse of the Legion of Doom's return from last week and then their appearance on Shotgun where they talked to Kevin Kelly while standing in the crowd, took a shot at the Nation of Domination, said where they're from, the streets of Chicago, and hope they could be at WrestleMania and Hawk, of course, did Hawk things. Cool presentation for them in the crowd. Yeah. Um, on Shotgun. And it's clear you can tell they're gonna be involved in some way with this with this street fight, whether in it or backing up Ahmed. Yeah, Ahmed mentioned like I'm I'm not coming into this one alone. Um, and then they kind of the way they cut it to where it's the Legion of Doom stuff. Um I, I thought them being in the crowd really helped. Uh, with the ambiance, I guess I, I wanted to look. I guess this shotgun was at the Manhattan Center too. It looked like it. Yeah, they probably filmed it that night. Yeah, yeah, same night. Um, you know, Kevin was there. Let them, you know, do their thing, and then he he was popping for the water rush from Hawk. So, um, thought it thought it was well done. Uh, that Road Warriors as promo guys are kind of hit or miss, honestly. Um, they they get a lot of time between Georgia Championship Wrestling in their earliest m- moments, and then obviously with the uh, Jim Crockett promotions, the six oh five stuff, they did promos almost every week. And there's some that's good, some that they just say the same stuff over and over. Uh, I just I'm just coming off their build to Starcade '88, so it's it's a lot of Road Warrior promos are pretty fresh in my mind. Um, just re-watching, and, and I didn't think those were very effective. Uh, Ellering actually derailed them a lot on those. Um, so I thought this I thought this was better that and more energetic, and they got their points across on where you thought they were headed. So so this was a thumbs up for me. All right, roll it along. It's our next title match of the night for the WF title. Sid takes on Mankind. Mankind's out with Paul Bearer. We get an inset promo from Mankind speaking German that was referenced earlier. We get some clips from the action uh, earlier to fill some time. As Sid comes down, Mankind tries to attack before the bell, but Sid smacks him around. Mankind bails. Sid comes back, gets a big boot and hard punches. Vince says that Mankind has Undertaker's number. He could be facing him at WrestleMania if he were to win tonight. And this is a charge. Bangs off the post. JR says Sid teams with Taker next week on Raw as we head back in the ring. Sid hooks a chin lock. Vader... Uh, did I say taker? I meant to say, oh, TF teams with taker. Uh, Sid hooks a chin lock. Vince says Gorilla has deemed that Raw will be war next week in Worcester and made that team, uh, for the night. So, again, hyping it up as a special show. We're going to see Taker and Sid go to war as a team. We cut to the studios where Austin is sitting aggravated. 
and then says he's the number one talent at wrestling. He had a sit in seat 38C on his flight to Stanford, and that's right next to the airplane outhouse. For lunch, he had a stale sandwich stuffed in a brown paper bag, and he'd like to say that it made him sick, but seeing Bret Hart whine and cry every time he's on TV is what made him violently ill. If he's not whining, he's quitting, and that makes him sick. Vince starts to come off. He says, shut up. He says, I wasn't just throwing up. It goes even beyond that. Vince says, we'll get more from Austin later. And Austin says, you have no choice or someone's going to get knocked out. Do you want any thoughts on Austin before we get back to the match? Here? Yeah, no, I I didn't think this was awful, but I, I kind of put this up with Brett and that for, I think, for someone that's going, I mean, obviously have a banner year with a lot of very memorable stuff. I think this little promo stuff from Stanford might end up being some of my least favorite Austin stuff of the year. I, I, you know, him complaining about his plane seat and the sandwich. I, I don't know. That did, it just seemed like a little bit of a departure in character where he, he almost seemed like a, you know, somebody that, I, I don't know, like his, his, and, and they, they obviously go this way, but, but like his, his character thrives on being anti-authority, not like, yeah. You know, like, like, what's his justification? So if they put you in first class, you're gonna be happy. You know, like, it's no, like what, well, I think what he's, like, yeah, I think what his bitch has been is that he's always overlooked as this true star. He's this, he's the best wrestler in the world, and he, WCW fired him, and WF hasn't used him right, and he even right to the point where they stick me in the back of the plane. I'm a star. Treat me like a star. I think that's what he's trying to say. Um, and that seems to have been his his take on things for a while. Yeah. Um. When he get when he turns around to bread, I thought it was better. Um, you know, still though, like I, I would say it's low in like energy. Um, you mentioned it, but like the toilet flushing earlier, that that was me. goofy. Yeah, that was that was fucking stupid. Uh, but um, I mean that's whatever. But yeah, I mean it, it was wasn't it, like I said, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like oh, this is a you know like a, a bad interview back segment, but. But it it did kind of strike me that on this show that I'm very positive on most things on this show, and the thing I'm most positive in 1997 WWF is gonna be the Austin versus Brett feud, right. overarching feud. Like that's actually what I think is probably the weak point on this show, which seems odd. But all right, so we go back to the ring. Uh, Mankind's been grinding and clawing away at Sid and then hitting a guillotine leg drop. Takes more shots at the throat. Mankind hammers away. Sid clubs the back, kicks him in the head. Sid misses a kick, lands on the ropes, and Mankind takes over. After the break, Sid is rumbling back into control. He shoves Mankind outside and fires up. Sid follows and shoves Mankind into the post by his throat in a nice bump. Sid suplexes Mankind on the floor. Mankind lands a shot and gets back inside, gets a nice leg drop for two. JR hypes up the superstar line. With updates on WrestleMania, Ken Shamrock and Sable. Vince says Shamrock will be at Raw next week. Mankind hooks the mandible claw. He drives Sid to the mat for two. Sid is trapped, but he fires out by yanking the hand out of his mouth. Mankind lands a kick and a double arm DDT for two. Hooks a sleeper, but Sid hoists up Mankind, falls backwards on him. Sid hammers away, grabs Paul Bearer on the apron. Mankind bangs into Paul Bearer by accident. Sid buries him with a hard choke slam for two and finishes with a really nasty power bomb uh, to retain his title. I was very happy that they did a clean finish because I was expecting another like Vader run in or something stupid. Uh, solid brawl that was slow to start, broken up by Austin's rant, of course. But I thought the final stretch was really good um, with a really, really good finish. Sid retains. He's ready to deal with Taker as a teammate next week. 
and then an opponent at Mania. Mankind feels aimless. I guess we'll see what happens with him at Vader, but um, kind of seems a little lost in the water right now. So I went two and three quarters on the match, uh, mainly for that finishing stretch, really. I thought ramped it up. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put a three on this one. Um, I, I, I thought it might be higher. I thought this was an incredible Foley performance. Um, this made me look at my GWE to see like where I put him versus Brett. It's, it's so arbitrary, but just like a one night, I'm like, oh, they're probably pretty close together. And it's like, man, like Foley tried so hard in this match. And even Sid... Uh, like, like, uh, when Foley's down in the ropes and Sid's kicking him, like, Sid was laying it in. Like, those kicks looked really good for work kicks, and Foley was doing it where his head was coming in and Sid was kicking. So it looked violent. Um, but yep. then the finish and stretch, like he talked about, was good. Like, the choke slam with the kick out was nice to protect Foley a little bit. Uh, and then the powerbomb was nasty. That's one of the nastier powerbombs you'll see Sid do. And it mm -hmm. was performed in a little bit of an unconventional style where usually with his powerbomb, he just kind of throws the guy down this time. He kind of yeah. went down with him. It looked different. It looked good. Um, very impressive match to me. Um, you know, honestly, one of the better Sid matches I've ever seen, too. Um, and just as a TV match, this was one I didn't remember at all. Uh, completely overperformed expectations, and there's really what I've been waiting on. Like, this to me was a good semblance of you know, like they have the top star power with Rocky coming in, Hunter, you know, he's he's kind of aimless, full, even fully, like he's aimless right now. But they have these guys, they have the bodies now, like, mm -hmm. like you can have a good roster to fill out a two hour show and give us good wrestling and give us good angles. So, so, you know, let's do it now. And you're starting to see glimpses of it. So, so was very happy yeah. in that regard. I mean, even the Brett match that we kind of dogged was still two and a half. I mean, like we really haven't had besides funk and Sultan and that at least had storyline progression as part of it. Um, yeah. You can have one of those. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, we'll get to my final grade, but the Brett, the Brett Hemsley match for me was like the um, pivot point on whether yeah, I just like basically say this is a great role just based on in ring or, right. you know, a good to very good one. Yeah. I would say it's, it's probably great in ring from here back. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like we haven't had many, you know, it, it definitely no. since our show started, yep. um, it's, it might be like a top five in ring. Oh, I, I think, I mean, I, once we top do our main event, I think it's top three, maybe top one. Like, I, I can't think of, like, I, you know, big surprise. Like, I at least think the main event's a good match. I don't know of a Raw where we've had three matches that I would rank as good. Like, I have, I have three. I know a Raw that jumps out that we didn't do it is the is the May 93 with Sean and Mike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the show's history. Yeah, probably top yeah, yeah. three in the show's history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brett Kidd, the one Brett Kidd, maybe. You know, yeah, Brett Kidd, but show. yeah, I don't know what else is on that one. Right, there's probably junk, there's probably squashes, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a change. It's, it's a positive change. All right, we get clips from Shotgun from two weeks ago where Bulldog and Owen yet again had issues while Bulldog had a match of Crush. Bulldog lost, and that led him to bitching up Clarence Mason for not picking a side and then asking Owen whose side he was on. Owen tried to calm him down, and Bulldog officially fired Clarence Mason. WrestleMania 13 will be presented by PlayStation in three weeks. 
Go back to the studio. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I had to look up what was on this Bret Hart versus Kid Raw. Uh, Crush versus Matt Hardy. Razor Ramon versus Barry Horowitz in a three minutes, and then IRS versus Ray Hudson. So yeah. I'm gonna I go mean, out I, and live and say one great match on that show, and then you know. I mean I have my little database. I've I've graded every match on Raw now at this point from '93 to where we are. So. Yeah. I can scan through quick and see if there's anything that pops. But when you look at the act, like the match on a per match basis, this is probably number one. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what else I mean, is on the there, show. There's been other great matches, right? Um, but but to have kind of supporting acts, I, yeah. I don't know. Because Sean Marty has Kid Razor. I don't know what else is on that one. Yeah, yeah. That that's I would say that's the contender. All right, Austin's in the studio still. Vince brings up Final Four and his actions to attempt to prevent Bret Hart from winning the title. And he's been a thorn in his side and costing him the belt the next night on Raw. Austin's just glaring at Vince, annoyed. Uh, and Vince goes, what is it with you? Austin says his only remorse is that he didn't hit him even harder with the chair. All Bret does is whine about being screwed, but he's been screwed for seven years and no one's ever cared. When Shawn Michaels hurts his knee, they make him a video. When Michaels gets sick with the flu, they tell the whole world. In Final Four, Austin was sick as a dog and had a blown-out knee and asked how many one-legged people could go out there and do what he did. None. And I'm not making fun of no one-legged people. I'm just making a point. He believes he is the WF champion. No one can tell him different. A submission match is a bunch of bull. Bret Hart may be a technician with a sharpshooter, and Austin only knows a couple submission moves, but it doesn't matter because he'll beat the hell out of him. He saw Ken Shamrock on TV say Bret Hart's a better technician, but Austin has no quit, and Ken hit the nail right on the head. He has no quit, and I'll never say I quit. I'll never say I submit or that he had too much. No one in wrestling can make him quit, and that's the bottom line. Vince says, why are you so bitter? And Austin closes with a pretty infamous line. You treat me like a dog, and you expect me to smile. You remind me of a jackass. Uh, I thought this this part of this stuff I thought was really good. Uh, the only piece that's a little, like, funny is how Austin has reconned himself into being, like, a brawler and a fighter. Uh, and not like an in-ring technician because we're less than a year ago he was the ringmaster, like an in-ring, you know, master, right? He was the is Ted DiBiase's champion. He was, you know, the specialist in moves, did the million dollar dream, and um, now he's like, I don't, I don't know many moves. I just come out here and fight. Uh, so it's interesting the approach they've taken there, but it's fine. I mean, it's what he's going to be anyway. So whatever. Uh, anyway, I like this one. Yeah, I, th I thought this one was the better of the. Um stuff with Austin, um, get a little glimpse of him versus Vince. Um, you know, like they, they, they I, I guess I knew they had more interaction just from Vince being the announcer and whatnot, but, but it is funny, like seeing their stuff, even po uh, like leading up to the, the yeah. uh, MSG raw or whatever, when he gives the stunner, like, like there's a lot of little like jabs back and forth. So it's, it's interesting to see it play out. Yeah, there's history to them by the time they get there. Like, Vince mm -hmm. has already been watching this guy run amok and be a curmudgeon on a show. Mm -hmm. And Austin just sees Vince as the man that's, you know, part of the machine holding him down. So, right. all this time. It's like it comes out of nowhere. Right. All right. Time for our main event. It is the finals of the European Championship Tournament. British Bulldog takes on Owen Hart. Earl Hebner is the referee. holds up the brand new title. Owen hits the ring. He's focused. Ross says Bulldog and Owen have had no tag matches or spent time together all tour but maintain they're okay. But he thinks tonight is going to tear them apart. 
Bulldog stomps to the ring. He's smiling. Vince says, this isn't team over 40. This is two stars in their prime, and this will be a classic. JR says, this is the first new WF championship in over 20 years, Chad. Uh, would be the last new one, I guess. The Because the women's title was brought I back. was going to ask when the woman's title, like, where do they... I think it. I think it's like the fifties or whatever the fuck Moolah had it. Um, okay. Because when they so bring it back funny. in '94, it's the same lineage. I think it's the junior heavyweight, maybe in in the '80s or whatever that they had is what yeah. they reference here. <coughs> because when okay. was the IC? That was like the '79, '77 or something. So maybe that's, that's what they meant. Yeah. Maybe they talk about the IC then. Um. Anyway. So he runs down the path to the finals. Owen Hart beat his brother, Brett, in the semis to get here. Uh, we started some feeling out. Honky says, we don't just go up up and down I-75. We go all over the world for good matches. So they go in heavy here, uh, WCW, late in the night. Uh, we get right into the balance flurry with quick counters and strikes. Vince talks about how familiar they are with each other. We get going again with a test of strength into a Bulldog snap powerbomb. Shoots Owen to the floor. Bulldog opens the ropes as Owen comes back. We get more counters and transitions. Bulldog gets a big back body drop. We go to break. When we return, Bulldog is working the arm. Vince says, this isn't classic sports. It's two young athletes. Owen slips out of a suplex, but Bulldog dodges an enziguri, goes to a surfboard. Vince hypes up Raw's war. Bulldog cranks an armbar, keeps Owen off balance. Owen ducks a charge, dumps Bulldog over the top to the floor. Owen opens the ropes now. Bulldog is hesitant, but he gets in cleanly. Bulldog goes back to a headlock as Vince reminds us that Ken Shamrock will be on the show next week. Honky makes another over 40 joke, uh, and Vince says it's not the senior tour. Owen fakes a knee injury, takes over with stomps to booze. Bulldog blocks a sharpshooter. He shoves Owen and grabs a headlock again, but Owen gets a spinning heel kick. Owen starts to work back the back. It cuts off a couple of comeback attempts. Honky does a Stu Hart impression as Owen stomps away. He goes to a chin lock. We get a Karate Fighters Rewind, which was the end of the Bret Hart Hunter S. Helmsley match earlier tonight. We then uh, come back. Owen gets a tight belly-to-belly for two. Bulldog starts to rally but runs into a boot. Owen uses the ropes to get a near fall. Owen snaps a neckbreaker. It's a nice middle rope elbow for two. Goes back to the chin lock. Ross hypes WrestleMania heavily as Owen loads up a superplex, but Bret, uh, but Bulldog shifts his weight in the air, falls on top for two. Bulldog gets a flying clothesline, rallies into a barrage and a vertical suplex for two. Then it's a big press slam. He crotches Owen on the top rope. Owen recovers with a German for two. Bulldog catches Owen on a float over. However, Owen hooks the ropes and crashes on top for two. Owen gets a springboard cross body. Bulldog rolls through for two. Owen pops up with an enziguri, hooks a sharpshooter, but Bulldog crawls to the ropes. Owen gets a tombstone attempt, but Bulldog rolls through and it's a power slam for a near fall. Bulldog argues with the ref. Owen hops on him and goes for a victory roll, but Bulldog reverses and clamps down to get the win to a pop. Pretty much similar finish to SummerSlam 92. Not exactly, but close. Owen shakes Bulldog's hand. They stand tall with their titles and uh, no issues at all. They they celebrate together. Uh, a great match, but not as not as great as the lofty reputation it brings with it. Um, it's yeah. super strong for Raw, <laughs> what we were getting at this time for sure. Uh, this is held by many as like an all-time classic, four plus to five stars, and I was expecting it. So I was definitely disappointed. Uh, Bulldog was super over. Obviously, the chemistry is sterling with these guys. It's exactly what Vince has been hyping, a strong athletic affair, a great way to close the show and bridge the new era of Raw. Bulldog is the face of Europe. Uh, he gets the title off to a hot start, and it's a great job that they kept this clean. No bullshit, no storyline, just wrestling. Uh, so I went three and three quarters. Um, I think most would, would probably think it low. I guess they could have probably to go lower. Um, 
Stingy. But yeah, a great Raw match, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, this I'm not a fan of the matches to me that sometimes feel exhibition-y, and, and this felt a little exhibition-y. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... I, I think this is a weird match to watch now. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised still that the match holds reverence so much reverence from people that watch it currently and fine. So, you know, we'll, we'll go full Tony Khan here on cage match. This has a 9.02 rating, which is extremely high for WWE. Um, and, uh, and you know, that, that would work out. The observer ranked it four and a half when it happened, um, which, you know, you double that, that gets nine. So, so it's in line with that. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, obviously the cage match ratings came way after the match took place. So it's, so I think in the moment I could see like maybe a four and a half, like a real large rating just cause on, on, uh, on especially WWE pro- programming, you didn't have, we mentioned kid Bret Hart. Um, there, there's just very few matches like this. The action's on tag. I mean, you get, you get maybe two to three a decade that, you know, that felt like at this quality up to this point. Um, so, so there just wasn't a lot of them there. Uh, but, but now watching it, like I, I go four stars. I, I think it's a great match, but, um, I, I do think I, I can agree with the exhibition critique. Um, I also think like, if you watch like a lot of ECW TV, like you have, and, uh, even Nitro, like, like we've been doing, um, I mean, there's matches that like the Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit matches. I don't think they ever had one in 95 that reached this level, but pretty close. And the Malenko versus Ray TV match. You know, pretty close. Like it that doesn't just feel more stiff, though, to me. Like more, there's more oomph to it. Like this, I don't know. This has never felt like it really. I kept waiting for that gear to hit. Like it just felt like it was a lot of like sections. Like okay, here's uh, another section yeah. that we reset. Another section we reset. Like I feel yeah. like it never amped and amped and amped and like that's what it was missing for me. Like it just never got like I would have liked to see them get a little pissy and then get a little amped up and and get a hot finish versus. It just felt like it was like, okay, here's a showcase of two great athletes that know how to put on a classically, technically beautiful match. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it felt like to me more right. than like a fight, you know? Yeah, they kind of acted like they could bowl over and it never really did. Um, also, with all the talk about how old people in w- WCW are, I mean, Davy Boy's 34 in this match. He's not... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not really. It's obviously just. Yeah, out it's, there. It's, I mean, I know what they're doing, but it's like, all right, like, come on, like we watched this guy in WrestleMania two for God's sakes win the tag title. So I mean, even wrestling wise, he's been around for a long, long time. But I, I mean, I, I think the execution on this match really helps. Like, like the, you know, everything that can look soft or not. Uh, executed properly, like the technical proficiency in this match is very high. Um, like uh, Owen's back spin kick lands right away. Uh, all the suplexes and stuff are hit, you know, like you would do if you were teaching it. Uh, every everything looks really clean. 
Um, I do agree uh, with the critique that there's there's some disjointedness. Uh, there's not as much angst as you might want. And um, yeah, I mean overall, overall, I mean it's a good. It's, I have it as a great match. I don't I don't hate it, but I don't think. I guess going in, I was interested to watch, given the hype, if I would think like this is one of the top 10 matches in Raw history, which I think people would present this as. Like in 2023, people would say this is one of the top 10 matches ever. And I certainly don't think that. And I don't think this will be the top Raw match in 1997. There's a couple of other ones that I think are heavy contenders. Um, that I'm interested to see, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to critique it too much. Cause again, I thought it was great. We haven't had many great raw matches may not have had any, I don't, I don't know. I need to look again. I don't know if I've ever ranked any raw match at four stars. Uh, from no, I, I mean, I don't know what the hell it would have been. If I so. mean, like I think undertaker mankind, like was cool, you know, three and a half or whatever, but right. I don't. I don't think we've gotten to four stars. So, so from that standpoint, I mean, it'd been a while. Like, it'd probably been since that uh, Brett Kid match. You right. know, almost three years before that, we'd had a great Raw match. So, it'd been a while. So, you're clamoring for it. They delivered. Um, but, but it, it, it's one of those. It's like in the moment, it's a great match to me, but. It's also one that I think is a little overrated, like just from a canon canonization standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure historically I probably had it. If you would ask me, I would have said off memory, oh yeah, top ten, like great classic match, one of the rare, yeah. you know, four and a half to five star matches in Raw history. Um, but still great. All right, <clears throat> let's get to our awards here before we hit the nitro. Uh, match of the night, obviously, uh, Bulldog versus Owen Hart. Yep. Uh, Steve Austin's promo. I went for me for the uh, moment. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's not really any moments. That's 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 where to me the the um, the house show feel really comes into play because I had to really stretch. I ended up going because I was a little bit down on the Austin stuff. I'm, I'm going with the uh, dangerously call in. Like I, yeah. I I don't think that was great, but again, like for what it was, I thought it continued that storyline. It showed that that wasn't going to be a one one week, right. you know, one off thing. Too. Yeah, I don't know how many people remember that they're back two weeks later. Like I know yeah. everyone remembers that Manhattan Center, right? Um, all right, star or MVP? I went I went with the Bulldog. Um, you know, he's the one standing tall. He's the new European champion. The show was kind of built around him. The tournament was built around him. It's kind of his night. Yeah, I'm, I'm going mankind. Um, yeah, I thought he gave a great individual performance in that match, and um, you could go with Bulldog and Rowan too, though. But yeah, I'll give I'll give the nod to Foley. All right, shots fired. We talked about him all pretty much. Team over forty, I seventy five, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no debuts. I don't believe. Right? I don't think we have no. One. Okay. Uh, and final grade. I went six and a half. Um, I think it's a, a very strong raw. Some really good in-ring stuff, uh, good promise for the future, uh, very memorable main events. But like you said, not a lot of moments or story stuff really yeah. happened in this. Yeah. It really just felt like a placeholder to get us to the new yeah. era next week, um, which is fine. This is six and a half. We would have killed for that for, for a long time. So still a very strong Raw. Um, and that's, you know, we're stacking now. Like, you know, it's we had a seven. I had a seven for the. Well, let me look at my last 
I mean, since February 3rd, I went seven, six and a half, seven, seven, six and a half. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's a stretch right there that they haven't put together. In forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I went seven here. I, I thought this was um, oh, we talked about it, a little hamstrung in that you know they're in they're in Germany. There's there's some weird stuff we didn't talk about, it, but um, Undertaker not really being on the show at all when three weeks mm. he's, you know challenging for the title in the main event at your biggest show. You know, little weird things here and there, um, just with the transportation and stuff like that. But um. But but for an in-ring show, I mean, this was our best Raw, and so I wanted to reward that, so I gave 7 out of 10. All right. Very good. All right. So with that set, let's go ahead and head over to Nitro on this evening. A couple weeks now removed from Super Brawl, and tight turn coming up for Uncensored, Chad, so we got a lot to get into. Yeah, they, uh, they don't have the luxury of... Uh kind of taking a, a, a week off from some of the heavy build like we saw with the Germany Raw. They they got to they got to roll it out on this show um which they do uh, for better or worse. Uh no opening again. Um I'm interested to see the week we get the animation come back if Hogan will finally be gone in the red and yellow cuz it's been a few weeks now so maybe we'll be rid of him. Uh Pyro intro or at the Omni last Nitro at the Omni which we talked about. Uh, immediately a Hummer pulls up. You talk about gratuitous spending. The skin on this Hummer, uh, the nitro skin they have on this thing is real egregious. Mm -hmm. um, so so the whole NWO crew comes out. We got Hogan, Miss Elizabeth, Nash, Six, Trillionaire Ted, Wall Street, Vincent, Savage, Bischoff, uh, Nick Patrick, a buff. We get. We got our whole our whole crew here. Uh, behind the Hummer, another limo pulls up. Out walks some suits, and uh, Tony lets us know that that is Doctor Harvey Schiller, president of Turner Sports. Um, so, and uh, Larry mentions right away that he's way above Bischoff, way on, above on the pecking order. So, so we get we get that. Start <laughs> things off. Our, the only uh, note I had was that Liz has the NWO on her dress now, so she's. Oh yes, that's right. She's yeah, like she's, that's like showing us that she's accepted and in, and now she's happy. So she's part of the team versus being held hostage. Yeah, good point. And I uh, didn't even make a note of that, but yeah, we have the NWO on the black dress of Liz. Our opening tag: Hugh Morris and Conan versus Mongo and Jeff Jarrett. So Dungeon of Doom versus Horseman, the feud we can't get rid of. Uh, big reaction for Mongo and Jared in Atlanta. Of course, it's kind of horseman country there. Uh, the announcers talk about how uh, Lex Luger, you know, kind of proposed that match last week, and he doesn't really have the authority to do so. Uh, but uh, but we'll see if the executive committee or whatever makes it. So so they kind of cut Luger and say he got a little bit ahead of his skis. Told you it was a stupid idea by Luger. <laughs> it's just... just uh, announcing, you know, but uh, there we go. Uh, Morse and Jarrett start off. Jarrett and Mongo rock Morse with punches and an inverted atomic drop. Uh, a bad spot here. This is this is bad Conan. So Jarrett goes for his uh, like leg straddle spot, and Conan moves Hugh Morris, but he moves him way too early. So Jarrett is like full on running 
to nothing and has to uh, hit nothing like a doofus because uh, Conan's already moved to Morris. Um, Morris mocks the Jeff Jarrett strut. I thought that was actually pretty funny. Uh, Conan and Hugh Morris work over Jarrett a little bit. Uh, Conan holds Jarrett for a dive, but more uh, for a Hugh Morris dive, but Jarrett's able to break free from that. Hits Mongo with hot tag. Big pop for this hot tag. He uh, does a really good one running through him, slamming on, pounding on both, three-point stance. Uh, but Public Enemy is out. They uh, grab the Halliburton from Deborah. Jarrett sees all this going on and kind of goes down to the floor and wrestles with him over the Halliburton. And the uh, Halliburton's at a tug of war and ends up getting slung right into the head of Mongo, um, allowing Conan to get the pin. Uh, this this was a nasty Halliburton mm-hmm. shot. Oh, when we see the replay, Mongo, it was well times, yeah, yeah. Mongo's actually busted open. And I said that. I said this. You know, that's one of the most contrived looking spots usually is the chair or the briefcase or whatever getting ricocheted to somebody else. Um, I thought this was one of the more natural looking ones. Um, uh, I think because like Mongo took the one of the bro like head on. So, so he yeah. really crushed him. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of digging this angle. Um, we'll get to the interview before, but I'm, I'm digging the kind of inadvertent, Three Stooges way that the horsemen are losing these matches and the kind of ambiguity of if it's on purpose or if it's not. So so they do a good job uh, continuing that here. Tag match wasn't a whole lot, but, um, you know, mainly angle advancement. I went two stars. Yeah, and they're really hyping up how they're the only two healthy horsemen. So not they're out here goofing off and losing matches in stupid ways. But this is it for the horsemen right now. Everyone else is banged up on the shelf. Um, I like to I like to finish as well. That's a spot that they've fucked up before, or it can easily get fucked up. But they they timed it well here. And like you said, it was really stiff. Uh, the atmosphere was fun. Mongo's hot tag and house cleaning was good. Um, and the horseman issues continue. And like you said, too, they talked about the Luger stuff early. So I, I didn't really have much more than that. I went two stars as well. Okay. Uh, Flair and Arn come out. We get our horseman interview here. Arn says, listen, right away. He wants Jarrett to talk to him. He thought we left this garbage out on the West Coast. He knows Jeff Jarrett, and he's not that clumsy. Uh, Jarrett says, don't start instigating. He proved he was a horseman, and he was just trying to protect Deborah." Uh, he kind of goes after Flair, and they goes nose to nose. Jarrett claims again that it was purely an accident. Flair said, "You're making the Nature Boy look bad, pal." And uh, the crowd's molted for Flair. And uh, Flair tells him, "We gave you a chair, sit in it, but and don't keep falling out of it." Um, Mongo's kind of recovered now. He yells, "What is that about?" Um, and then uh, Deborah then gets on the mic, says, "Enough of this!" To Big Booze. So, so I love this that the horseman continues to be baby faces, except for Deborah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, when Mongo runs down the local sports team, which he didn't do tonight, so he was even a baby face tonight. Uh, but Deborah says, "Enough of this!" She got her way uh, with Jared and the horseman, and tonight was just a mistake. We're all trying too hard, and we need to pull together because it's pay-per-view. They have public enemy, and she will not be on the losing team. Uh, Jared is going to prove the horsemen are up at the top and are staying there. 
And uh, so that's that's that. So it looks like, I mean, Deborah, of all people, kind of rallied the troops here. Mm -hmm. uh, we also learned that Public Enemy versus the Horsemen is the tag match at the pay-per-view. Uh, stay tuned for that. Um, we'll see if that <laughs> fires off, but as of now. Um, and then uh, as we head to break, Tony lets us know that Benoit is still in the hospital. So, so uh, you know, this was a pretty abbreviated Horseman promo, honestly. Like, they got in and out in a couple minutes here. Uh, yep. But it was still fine. Like, you know, advancement, everybody got their little spots in. So, there you go. Well, we've kind of twisted off of Mongo. I mean, uh, off of Benoit and Sullivan, a woman woman yep. and now we're really focused on mongo and jared again like it's probably the horseman main horse horseman drama right now so that's kind of where we are right. um yeah this is this was fine again so at some point these guys are gonna get their act together though because like <laughs> they've been entertaining and it's been okay but it's it is constant it's like all right well, at what point do we just either just break up the band or or put it together because it's every week we're trying to fix the horseman yeah it seemed like they were kind of together and then once jared officially became a horseman and threw it in yeah, disarray again. Yep. Uh, so we come back from break and we get our next match, which is Diamond Dallas Page versus Rick Fuller. Uh, I believe uh, this is the first time we've seen Mr. F oh, no, we saw him versus Lex Luger a couple of months ago. Um, so we've seen him once before, but, um, you know, not too frequent here. Uh, huge pop for DDP. Um, I, I, you know, like I thought, I thought with the way DDP has been set up, like he's had moments where he's been able to look like a star, like when he outsmarts the outsiders. Um, I thought this kind of squash match itself, an interview segment versus a jobbers. The first time he really kind of looks like a main event star, just him out there on his own. Um, uh, some talk on commentary about the legacy of the Omni. Uh, Fuller, for his part, I thought was a uh, game for the squash match. He pounds away. DDP hits a belly-to-back suplex. Uh, we get DDP chants from the crowd, just unprompted. Fuller takes back over the jawbreaker and then hits a nasty leg drop uh, that actually hit Page right on the bridge of the nose and the forehead. Looks sick. Uh, spin around clothesline by DDP. Looks good. He calls for the cutter. And he's doing this thing now where he'll call for the cutter and won't be able to get it initially, but um, yeah. is yeah. able to get it on some sort of variation just to kind of continue that trend that he can hit it from all these different vantage points and variations. And, uh, you know, it's a great finisher move. So, so actually, I, I kind of went the Aaron George squash match rating on this one. I thought this was a really effective squash match. Um, and uh, DDP continued to ooze a big star quality uh, with the Atlanta crowd. I mean, this is a crowd that, you know, I mean, I, I don't think traditionally had cared much for DDP. I don't remember him in 1995 or whatever. Some of these Saturday night tapings getting a huge, uh, getting a huge pop from the Atlanta crowd, but they, they were certainly over uh, for him tonight. So two and a half for me, actually, on the squash. I enjoyed it a lot. All right, well, I went one, but I did like it a lot, too. I thought Fuller was vibing, and the crowd was definitely into it. Um, and like you said, Paige, Paige feels like more of a star. We see that here. A lot of shirts in the crowd. Um, the one funny line I thought in here was when Tony says, Paige has really become a leader for WCW, despite being the guy who's also a rebel that could rip off a lady for $13 million, yeah. uh, which is you know a storyline from a year ago, pretty much, for him. Right. It's crazy. His ascent in 96 and 97 has been pretty impressive. I mean, no. think of where we were a year ago with him. It was coming off the Marrow feud, yeah. the Johnny B. Bad feud. Um, 
broke heading towards Slamboree with that awful battle bowl. So yeah, and non Fabi is forty too. So he's right. You know, yeah, like his athletic prime. It's it's like he's older. It's it's uh he he he's one of I would think the most unassuming main event stars that stayed at that level. You know, every once in a while you'll have, you know, our truth main event at a WWF pay-per-view, right, right, with Cena. But but stayed at that level for three to four years. Like, he's he's probably the most uh, surprised, mm-hmm. unassuming one from where he was. Uh, so he does an interview with Gene. Uh, they show the Macho Man attack last week. DDP says you can't call a Macho pulling a stunt like that. DDP says the crowd knows who the real deal is, and Macho snapped. He says Savage snapped, and if you're that much of a savage, snap into this. Bang. So, uh, you know, pretty basic DDP interview here. But, um, again, much like I mentioned with the Austin Vent stuff, I, again, did not remember this much savage page interaction before the big angle and uncensored. Like, Mm -hmm. they... Kind of have pretty clearly they started the feud right away. Yeah, yeah, it was right away yeah. they kicked it off. Yeah, so I th- I thought that was good. Yeah, this is fine. Gene says Savage's mind has been poisoned, um, but Paige is clearly <laughs> leveled up, um, and and the Savage feud is is on deck here. So yeah, they they went right into it. Paige has needed this, um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, Juventud Guerrero versus Ray Mendoza Jr. Our good uh, buddy. Yeah, Viano right four, Viano four here. The first uh, or second best Ray Jr. in WCW right now. <laughs> I don't know. He gives a pretty good performance here. Uh, Tony calls him Medusa. Larry asks <laughs> if he has a Medusa on his mind, which I was like, oh, they're bringing her up? Why? And then later, I forgot later on in the show, so we'll get to that. But uh, Larry kind of <laughs> blows it here a little bit. Uh, some quick action. Baseball slide from Hoovy to the outside. Mendoza slams Hoovy on the apron, gets suplex on the floor. Uh, some good intensity from uh, Mendoza with the belly-to-belly flash suplex in the ring. Uh, Hoovy takes the match back over, slows it down with a chin lock. Then we get some chops and reversal. Hoovy gets a run for two. Uh, Mendoza's back drop to the floor, but they don't call a DQ on that. Hoovy does a suicide dive where he's um, on one side of the apron, goes through the ropes to the other side of the apron, uh, which looks really cool. Like Sammy Zayn, when he was El Generico, used to do that where he'd do a, a tornado DDT off of that. It's a, it's a really cool spot. Like, I don't think we'd seen that from Hoobie yet. And it, it looked very innovative. Uh, both are on the apron, and Hoobie runs them to the ring. So we're getting some great variety here on some of the other lucha-type moves you usually see. Uh, Larry, of course, kind of craps on it. says, in the old-fashioned way, I just grabbed a guy by his hair and threw him back in the ring. So there you go. Uh, both go on the top. Ray gets crotched, and then Hoobie gets the spin kick, and he hits his 450. Uh, but Mendoza was, like, real close to the rope, so um, it, it's it's a scary-looking 450. It's not that impactful, um, I'm, I'm surprised it looked as good as it did with how close mm-hmm. Mendoza is to the ropes. Um, kind kind of, like I said, very scary. I mean, he's, he's right there. Like he, he probably could have put his foot on the rope for the pin if he'd have tried. Like he's that close to the ropes. Um, but I, I thought this was a good Hoovy showcase. It seems like Hoovy may be getting a little bit of a push. Like we'd seen him up to this point sort of just be straight enhancement. So, um, Interested to see if now Hoobie kind of rises up the ranks of the uh, cruiserweight division. Uh, Mendoza's a good base, and he can show some intensity. He's a good worker. So I went two and three quarters here. 
Yeah, it was a fun, sloppy little fight. Uh, some stuff didn't connect, but that's what you get with these. Uh, Mendoza looked really good. I thought, like you said, it was a good showing for him. Uh, Hoovy popped up, and the crowd got into it. So it was good to see some variance out of the out of the cruiserweights for sure. Mm-hmm. Showcase a couple different faces and, and give Hoovy the win. So I, I went two and a half. Again, you know, we're perfectly fine moving through these matches here. Yep. So Tony and Larry reset us in the announce booth, but almost immediately, Jimmy Hart, Kelvin Sullivan, uh, the Taskmaster, and Jackie invade jimmy says it's super brawl he made a prediction that when he gets to atlanta the home of wcw benoit woman wouldn't be there but jackie and the taskmaster would be uh jackie says she's happy to be in the omni this is her house and nancy and chris they left laying at the cow palace she can beat anybody man or woman at the pay-per-view, she can beat any man. She wants to prove that. Then she calls out Hulk Hogan, Luger, Savage, bring it on. So, you know. Anyone. Really shooting for the top of the card here from Jackie. Uh, the only one she can't beat is her Kevin, of course. Uh, Sullivan takes over, says, Benoit used to think there was a lot of you and me until he saw him in the ambulance uh, when Jackie put the boots to him. Uh, then he realized that he will never be the man he once was or ever will be. And then uh, Jimmy Hart turns his jacket around to uh, kind of a cartoon of uh, Jackie and the Taskmaster. And they say they're saying too legit to quit, which is also written on the uh, jacket. I, I don't I don't know no, when they... All in on this catchphrase. Yeah, I don't know when they adopted this one from uh, 1990 as their catchphrase, but they're, they're certainly running with it now. Uh, Jacqueline jumps up into Kevin's arms for this when they say this and uh, almost falls out of her dress, which will become a reoccurring theme on this uh, podcast. But... Um, when we get to the you know, fully loaded '98 bikini showdown, but uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I thought this was effective. Like we, I like mm-hmm. we talked about. I like the Sullivan Jacqueline pairing. Uh, somebody besides the NWO invading the announce booth was kind of interesting to see. Um, so so I thought this was fine. Yeah, and and she has definitely turned him around for sure. Like yeah. she's great. She's brought him up a level because of it. Um. And yeah, they lost the match, but they're the ones standing here two weeks later. Uh, well, Chris and Nancy are still laid up. So looks like the streets rolling on. We're not done just yet. Uh, but it's interesting the approach you're taking with Jackie. We've seen with the Amazon uh, on the other program, dominating other women. Uh, we'll see which one wins the race to uh, start attacking the men uh, between the two of them. But it's clear they're both kind of on the same path right now uh, with right. it. So uh, both both have been great. So there's really no... It's not an Ayukea, Mayavia situation where one is way better than the other. Yeah, uh, we get our NWO denim jacket ad, 80 bucks yeah. plus $10 shipping and handling to Warwick. So get on it's, it. Uh, it's six with Trillionaire Ted, which is an interesting pairing. Don't mm-hmm. don't see them uh, very often. Uh, Hank Aaron. To, uh, 95. That's right. That's right. The Million Dollar Corporation rise again. Uh, Hank Aaron shown in the crowd. Uh, our next match, Dean Malenko versus Mike Enos. Enos, uh, right away, Malenko goes uh, into the fight. He takes Enos down, pounds away. Uh, I like this new direction. Commentary keeps harping on it, but I, I really like that you're seeing like the progression of somebody changing their style and their character. Uh, Malenko chokes Enos down in the corner, starts cranking on the knee. Uh, 
we get a shield to uh, chat with the wrestlers at WCWWrestling.com as they go to the outside. Uh, Dean puts the leg over the guardrail and kicks it on the outside, which gets a huge pop from the crowd. Uh, Enos does some des- desperation offense, but he can't really put any weight on the knee. Uh, Dean keeps kind of wrenching on it with a leg lock. Um, it looked like we might get a submission here. This was this was actually straight out of um, UFC, like in early <laughs> UFC. Like this leg lock was impressive. Uh, Malenko goes on top. He gets a crossbody, but that gets reversed for a two count by Enos. Enos hits a nice short arm clothesline, uh, but continues to sell the leg well. I was I was impressed by his selling throughout this match. Uh, he misses a dive that Larry calls kind of a shot in the dark, a desperation shot. Um, and then he lifts Dean up, and uh, the leg kind of gives way, and Dean shows his resourcefulness by uh, being able to roll him over and get the pin. And they kind of talk about on commentary that, you know, hey, Dean didn't even have to use his cloverleaf to pick up the victory here. So I yeah. thought that was good, too. Um, yeah, another solid match. I, I think the intensity from Dean has been good. Uh, this brawling aspect heading into his feud with Guerrero has been good. Um, Enos sold the leg well. Uh, so, so another, like, solid run. Like, to me, this has been a very solid first hour of Nitro. Like, none of yeah. your dug-in and stinkers that you're kind of used to. Like, everything's flowed very well, and I've been very appreciative of that. Um, went two and a half here. Yeah, two and a quarter for me. Uh, the structure was cool. Dean's in full assassin mode. Enos had no chance once his leg got all fucked up and Dean just picked it apart and finished him. So I'm with you. I like this new direction of Malenko. Uh, he's on fire in this feud with Eddie and rebuilding himself. And he's just snapped and just destroying anything in his path. So it's it's been really good stuff. I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little like Taz prototype ECW stuff that they're working on. You know what I mean? Like he's, I think you don't look at it as such or, or remember it this way, but it really is. He's, yeah. It's a bit of a spectacle. He's out there just angry at destroying people constantly. And can barely get touched. So, uh, so Malik goes on the mic. He said he hopes Eddie was paying attention. Uh, that's a little bit of the new and improved Dean Malenko is all about. Yes, I'm a great wrestler technician, but if there's one thing he's going to excel at, that is running through and beating Eddie and anyone else that steps into his way. You just have a little taste that two can play that game. He's waiting and able. And ready and able to kick you all around the ring. So uh, Tony lets us know that Eddie is here as we go to break. Um, and again, this is uh, becoming a pretty intense feud here all of a sudden in WCW. Uh, we get our WCW Saturday Night Shield. Lex Luger, Dallas Page, Prince Iakea, and Jim Duggan are favorites there at the end. No, no matches announced. So uh, pretty half-hearted Shield there. Uh, then we get a big interview segment here with Gene Okerlund interviews Eric Bischoff. Uh, Bischoff is says he's the most powerful man in this interest, industry, and the NWO would love to put it up all on the line at Uncensored. And unlike Lex Luger, he has the authority to do that. So he uh, basically accepts their challenge, you know, kind of gives us the, the Uncensored main event here. Um, and then he tells the crowd, if it wasn't for Eric Bischoff and the NWO, he kind of runs down a list of all the big names, Hogan, you know, Hollywood, the Outsiders, uh, Savage, etc. You people wouldn't be here. You owe him a debt of gratitude, tons of booze for that. Out comes Harvey Schiller. The crowd starts cheering. A uh, funny moment where Eric says, thank you very much, taking their cheer for him. Um, 
But uh, Eric turns around, sees Mr. Schiller, and uh, changes his demeanor. He offers a handshake. Okerlin lets everyone know that this is Eric's boss. And the official's like, I know that. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Schiller says, just because you have a contract, do you think you have total control of WCW? Uh, Eric says, yeah, that, that was his understanding. Schiller then says, do you think you could fire referees anytime you want? Uh, Eric says that was under extenuating circumstances, Mr. Schiller. The G corrects him, Dr. Schiller, which I thought was like a great prick. That was good. <laughs> um, and then uh, Schiller asks, uh, you, you think you could break the rules of wrestling and take titles away at will? Gene, of course, chirps in on that and says, yeah, what about that? And uh, – Bischoff reiterates, yeah, according to his uh, understanding, Harvey. So now he's dropped, you know, he went from Dr. Schiller to Mr. Schiller to now Harvey. Uh, Yes, he can. Um, And then uh, Schiller lets us know that, uh, you know, well, you may have a contract, but as of right now, you are suspended. And the crowd goes nuts. Larry screams, Bischoff got it. And uh, Bischoff says, well, you know, all kidding aside, Schiller interrupts him, says, no kidding, no financial responsibility or contracts. He doesn't even want to know he's answering the phone. He doesn't want to see him backstage. Larry on commentary says they need to take his credit card. And uh, the segment ends with Schiller walking away and Eric kind of chasing him down and telling him that he has attorneys. So so there we go. Uh, really fun moment. I thought they did it well. Schiller, I thought, actually played his role well here. Um, kind of as the WCW executive. He, he didn't try to do too much. Um, you know, sometimes we'll we'll see with the WCW executive. Yeah, yeah. I've seen they they uh, they kind of get a little bit of the spotlight and go a little too hard. I thought he did good in just delivering the message. Uh, crowd was really into it, and then uh, Larry on commentary I thought was funny, kind of rubbing it in and getting his uh, words in too. So I, I really liked the segment. Yeah, well, I heard a good line at the end. He said Bischoff is gone with the wind, uh, which is oh yeah, a good reference and, right, right. Um, and it's a big moment. They did it in the right spot, too. Atlanta is a more of a pro WCW crowd, so they were going to get mm-hmm. that reaction of Bischoff getting shit-canned. Um, and this has been coming. It's like Bischoff has been allowed to have this power run wild for a while now. Um, so it's good that they finally had someone step up and do something about it because it's, it's gotten a little unbelievable at some point that they're just going right. to keep going. Um, so it's good to get there. The good doctor comes out and shuts him down. Uh, yeah, I, I think he did a good job. Um, and I think, too, that... Uh, I thought Bischoff was good too. They all were. Gene Gene had the funny lines, like you said. So no, this is a pretty good segment overall. It takes Bischoff out of that position of power for the moment, uh, and and establishes a hierarchy within WCW that we can call back on later as well. So, right. uh, Tony back from break says we witnessed one of the biggest moments in 1997. Uh, that leads us into our next match: Ultimo Dragon versus Eddie Guerrero. Still got the Ultimate Dragon nameplate. Uh, some chain wrestling to start. Commentary says that uh, Schiller's announcement brought the house down. Uh, we get a USA chant here. <laughs> um, okay, I mean, Eddie is from El Paso, uh, but he plays into that a little bit. Um, uh, Eddie gets sent to the outside. Ono gives a few kicks that Eddie shrugs off. Larry says Eddie needs to focus on the dragon. 
and that he's kind of maybe letting his attention for Malenko get the best of him here. Uh, flurry of kicks from the Dragon sends Eddie down again. Uh, some nasty kicks to the back, spin wheel kick, um, and then we get a finish kind of abruptly. Um, and I was interested to see what you think about this finish. So uh, Eddie gets a cross body and does a pin, uh, but Eddie's feet were like in the ropes, mm-hmm. and Mark Curtis doesn't see it, so he counts the pinfall here. Um, Ono complains after the match. And totally That's why Teddy Long didn't come out. To come yeah, out. yeah, this does feel like a Teddy moment. Uh, but uh, with Ono complaining, uh, <laughs> Tony says, take that to Mr. Schiller, Dr. Schiller, and let him hear it or whatever. Um, but uh, with what's going to happen with Eddie, do you think this was on purpose? This finish? I, I hated it. I don't know. I, I thought it was stupid. I couldn't tell. Um, the whole match was a sloppy mess. Uh, it was disappointing. A dumb finish. I, I don't... I, we said this a few weeks ago because they used... I don't know if it was Malenko or was it Dragon. I forget who it was they used in a similar situation. Um, why are we using Ultimo Dragon in these scenarios? They don't need to be using Ultimo Dragon. You have 8,000 of the Luchador guys like you could bring in here. Yeah, Raymond um, You have low-level uh, jobbers. Yes. You get dug in, Wall Street. Like whoever the fuck you want to use. You got a million guys on Saturday night you could roll in for this. Uh, yeah. Greg Valentine, roll him out here. I mean, you got a million bodies you could bring out. Why are we using Ultimo Dragon as presented as one of the top aces of the division to, to be like storyline fodder and look like a fool um, with this finish? Like, made no sense to me. I, I don't I don't get it. So I really hated this whole segment. I didn't I didn't think any of it worked. And it's such a quick match. Don't even bother. Just have it be an Eddie promo and get the same thing up, across. Like, we just didn't need it. And if you had to do it, do someone else. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't, either way, even if they do, I mean, I agree with you that, like, Ultimo shouldn't have been in the match. Um, If it was purposeful that, like, Eddie kind of cheats his way to a win here, um, it it still kind of makes Mark Curtis look like a dummy um because it because it was very obvious uh i won't star and a half it was whatever um gene does an interview with eddie eddie says you know he tried to apologize but dean is just sour his apology's not been accepted uh dean walks out and eddie's kind of sick and tired of him being blamed for his attitude gene mentions they're you know facing each other uncensored Dean says he's not going to stand back there and allow Eddie to give the people a snow job about how great he is. He knows his true colors. We've been up and down the road, and he had respect for him, but now he's lost it. And uh, they kind of argue as we had to break. So, again, I thought this was fine, and I agree. Like, we probably could have just done this promo and uh, went about our way. But I, I, I think I think the main, most egregious thing with this segment is the fact that it's Ultimo Dragon is who he's facing. Like, if you have this finish and maybe they can make it look a little more conceivable. Um, Cause I do. And the more I think about it and kind of formulate it here, I do think that's where they're headed. Like that Eddie steals a win, but you know, kind of doesn't say that, you know, obliquely or it's not that obvious, but it is what happens. But yeah, do it versus anybody else. Greg Valentine, I think would be a perfect person to roll in and do it with. So there yeah. you go. Uh, hour number two kicks off. Tony resets us with the suspension and Tanae and Bobby in the booth. They're both happy about this. Tanae says, who in the ranks of WCW can control Bischoff? That's been a question they've been pondering for a while now. Tonight we received an answer with Dr. Schiller. Uh, justice is delivered for the Randy Andersons of this world. 
Um, and he's very happy, you know, to be a part of WCW tonight. Uh, Bobby says that uh, with uh, Randy Anderson and Jimmy Jet, I, I didn't know Jimmy Jet got canned, but I don't know if that was a Saturday night angle. Saturday night or something, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, Jimmy Jet's gone too, but there we go. Uh, but with Randy Anderson and Jimmy Jets in the world down at the unemployment line, now they can see Eric Bischoff there. Um, and we rear the clip of the firing. Um, so, so like I said, the, the last, the last match was shaky up to that point. I liked what we had. And then we start off hour two with, uh, M wall street versus Scotty Ricks. Oh boy. Uh, so, so some very generic and bad wrestling here. Tony on commentary essentially uses this match as a backdrop to say that the, uh, the big announcement for the night, which is again, the executive committee is inviting Roddy Piper. To get a team together uh, to be a part of this match at, at uh, Uncensored. Uh, their rationale for this is he's been affected by the NWO the most, which that kind of seems debatable. I mean, maybe Sting. I don't uh, know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, whatever. Piper's up. I mean, directly he's, lost. He's up there. Least. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chinlock from Wall Street gets some booze and distress from the crowd for the first time. Like, this is a hot crowd up to this match. And, uh, you know, they, they they didn't do anything to carry it over. Jawbreaker by Riggs, but Wall Street maintains control. Uh, there was one good-looking spot that I'll give uh, the devil their due where uh, Riggs misses a clothesline uh, from Wall Street and then hits a drop kick. So Riggs ducks a clothesline from Wall Street. You know, usually with a, uh, with a missed clothesline it's pretty obvious it's gonna be a missed clothesline uh wall street actually goes in uh and uh with this clothesline with more intensity than he shows on anything else in the match like it looked like it was going yeah. um it, it was actually timed really good um sunset flip from Riggs gets two he hits a really weak back elbow that i don't know what that was about um right as a uh, buff runs in for the DQ finish, Riggs then looks like a complete idiot. This this drove me nuts here. So so Riggs looks like he's fleeing. Buff and Wall Street kind of celebrate to the crowd in the ring. Behind them, Riggs has grabbed a chair, and he's holding the chair up. The crowd's going crazy. But instead, he waits for them to, like, turn around and see him holding this chair up. Yeah, that's stupid. And then, and then Bagwell's able to get out of the ring when Riggs does this very lethargic, like, chair shot uh, into the corner. Um, so so he looked like a complete doofus there. It's almost uh, like he didn't want to really hurt him, you know? Like yeah, I mean, was, I mean the, Halliburton, the Halliburton shot in the opener looks so much more organic than this does. And... Uh, even on commentary, they're like, well, I don't, well, don't let them turn around. Like, they were blaming Riggs for it, too. Uh, Tony lets us know Piper's in the building as we had to break. So, I gave this a star. Yeah, I mean, starting to happen, but it was, it was garbage. Um, the highlight to me was uh, nothing, I guess, really. Uh, Scotty Riggs out there clinging to the American male's life. Uh, whatever. Um, Tonight talks about Buff Chono and Norton did a Japanese tour. NWO New J versus New Japan is a hot issue in Japan. I always like the way Tony phrases things. I was like, Harvey Schiller and the committee are reviewing documents and contracts that Bischoff has been working on. <laughs> um, and that's when they realized they could invite Piper into this. So the finish is dumb. This feud is rolling on. There is one highlight, though.
will be team music. Mm-hmm. Uh, come back from break. It's our road report. Lee Marshall in the house. He is at the Club La Vila Nitro Party where the buzz is hot for Nitro next week. Lee says there's a petition to say Bobby Heenan cannot wear a thong. It's too much weasel and not enough material. Bobby says Lee works at Club Big Mouth. Um, so there you go. Final hype for the big spring breakout Nitro at yeah. Club La Vila. We're here that fans from Pensacola, Tallahassee, and Alabama are coming for the big show. So, so all the hot spots. So. Club you know, Lavella, Jen- as we heard last week. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Smith getting her tickets right away. Uh, now we get to a segment. Oh, boy. This is an infamous one. Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper rolls out. He's wearing his icon shirt. He does get a big reaction. Roddy chants as he gets in the ring. Tells Hogan, two times we meet, two times you sleep. Savage coming in was a surprise for him. He's hurt more than a piece of roadkill. He lets us know that he has one family that lives in Oregon. He has another, and that's you folks. That gets a a good pop from the crowd. Um, And then he was strapped down and rolled away uh, in an ambulance before. He, he of course, spoke the, uh, the Celtic that we heard all about. Uh, he translates that for us, which we, we've already found out. So the plot was spoiled already for you, Roddy. But uh, it's translated to we're not home until the battle is over. Uh, he says when Hogan walks into the building, his hair is rapidly falling as he comes out. The war is about to begin. He's going to make a third family. He says all that time he spent in Alcatraz, all he did was talk to Al Capone and get bird poop on his shoulder. And uh, here's his premise. He'll take six guys on, and he'll let the crowd decide who's who's his kin. He keeps calling it his kin, family kin, etc. Uh, so they can either give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. And Icon stands for I cower over nothing. Um, he says he may be an idiot for having six guys, but, uh, you know, here we go. So he calls out the first guy. You know, generic guy in jeans and no shirt comes out. Announcers say they have no idea who he is, but he's big. Roddy kind of rides him, takes him down, paintbrushes him, pins him down. The guy taps out uh, pretty quickly. So so the fans end up giving him a thumbs down. Roddy shakes his hand, and he's, uh, he's out of it. So that's that. Number two comes out. Uh, this will be... I'd forgotten about this. Do you, our uh, number two competitor, you got a note on him? You're infamous. I don't know with your voice, but uh, <laughs> our uh, number two competitor was none other than the future. Did you know? Did you have the note who this was? Is this Horace? This was Luther Reigns. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Horace, right? Oh, <laughs> next one comes out. Oh, no, Horace is horseshoe. No, Luther Reigns is horseshoe. That's what I meant. I meant horseshoe. Oh, okay, horseshoe. I was like, say horseshoe. Okay. Luther Reigns, Cole. Luther Reigns, Cole. Yes. Uh, so Tony says these guys are coming straight out of the woodwork. Uh, he slaps Roddy and they brawl a bit, but uh, Roddy's able to lock on the sleeper and put him out. Um, so he gets the thumbs down, too. Third guy starts walking out. Uh, but as he's about to get in the ring, he gets decked with a guy from boxing gloves. Guy from with the boxing gloves gets in the ring. I thought this was uh, Matt Bourne at the beginning. It kind of looks like a <laughs> booger. From, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Animal House, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Piper puts the gloves on, and here we go. 
Uh, the guy pummels Roddy with boxing. Roddy comes it's back. Like, it's like a 1927 him. boxing match, by the way. Yes, He's yes. A, he, like, he uh, put, put him up. Yeah. <laughs> put him up. Put him up. Uh, cowardly line style. Uh, he puts Piper down. And, uh, you know, this always happens when I watch this segment, when I rewatch this segment. I watch the crowd reaction. I'm like, hey, the crowd's hot for Roddy when he comes out. I listen to Piper's interview, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's there's your usual, like, weird Roddy lines, like, with the bird poop at Alcatraz. But, but overall, like, Roddy's on point. He has some pretty funny, good lines, like, two times we meet, two times you sleep, and all that. And then the guys start rolling out. The first couple, you know, are quick enough. It's it's not awful, and the crowd's not turned on it yet. And then it always happens where we have this boxing match, and this is like, a, I don't know. I mean, it's probably only like a four-minute boxing match. No, but, feels like God, is it lame, and it sucks, and the crowd just gets restless. Uh, so Piper lands a good left and right. The guy goes down again. The guy takes Roddy's leg down, keeps pounding away. The, the crowd was standing for this whole segment, and you can see him like start to step down. And then Piper calls for a stalemate. Uh, they square back up and they go a little bit longer. And then, uh, <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, Basically, Piper, uh, like, Piper shakes his hand. The, the guy's getting booed. Like, the guy's getting booed, but Piper shakes his hand. Piper pats him on the back. Tony on commentary has to improvise, saying that means, like, Piper gave him a thumbs up. Right, right. Um, right. And then Piper asks for the bike. He says that the guy has a lot of gonads. The crowd's being too harsh. Uh, to which too the, crowd harsh. Did, the crowd starts booing him because they're like, oh, enough of this. Uh, they throw their gloves away and they go after it again. And uh, after a bit more, Piper uh, gives them two thumbs up to the crowd. They still boo. So so now the, the, the crowd's done. Like this, 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 this. This match is over. Like, this segment's over now. Um, so what do you do? Because now he's giving the thumbs up to one out of three. All right, so got two more to go. The, yeah. uh, and Bobby, at one point, he goes, is this guy Riddick Bo? Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's just yeah, pathetic. Yeah. And then he says, Sugar Ray Leonard should have done this when Piper stops <laughs> the fight, like, instead of getting his ass kicked by Camacho. Um, terrible so far. So, so the fifth guy comes out. He looks like Dr. Death's redneck cousin. Uh, he's barefoot. Crowd's just completely done what with this. Slob, this guy is. Yeah, Bobby says he's barefoot and tattooed, and that sounds like the winner of the Miss Kentucky contest, which was a good line. Uh, yeah, I mean, a few kicks from this guy. Piper struggles to take him down. They basically try to present this person as like a UFC like kickboxer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it sucks. Uh, but he places Piper on the top rope, kicks him away. Uh, Tony says we may have some new future superstars come out of this. Uh, Piper gets a finger to the eyes. They slug it out again. He picks Piper down again. He presses Piper up. Piper says time. Uh, Piper raises his hand for the fifth guy, even though he's booed again. Um, so, so now we've had two guys that have been shit on by the crowd get Piper's approval. Uh, and then finally, our last guy comes out, and it's John Tenta. He gets a little bit of a pop because people actually know who he is. 
Uh, he just but, looks so sad, though. Like, he has to resort yeah. to this, you know? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Penta gets him up, gets Piper, lifts Piper up. Uh, but then the other member of Piper's team come in. They kind of fight each other. Piper gives the thumbs up to all of them. He breaks it up, says they're together, they're family, they're kin now. Uh, the reign of Spain has fallen. This now is the family, and this now is the war. Hogan, you want the war. You got it. He slaps all three men and says the NWO stands for no way out. Uh, ending this segment, again, um, a 20-minute uh, segment here. Um, yeah, that is, it's. I, 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 I told myself I wasn't going to get suckered again, but like I mentioned earlier, I am, where I think for the first eight to ten minutes this isn't awful uh but it turns all time bad very quickly mm -hmm. and as a concept i think it was kind of doa uh from the conception well, yeah, they're rolling jobbers out give again just like we said earlier there's a million guys on this roster that they could have tried out they didn't have to be no names just be like all right who has wanted a chance to be at the top of the card here comes billy kidman here comes like hey, give me train. those guys ice train right guys that have said okay like Piper can say, I'm here to give you a chance. Who are the guys that haven't gotten the chance to break out? Bobby Walker, whoever you want. You know, I mean, like there's a million guys that could use instead of these dudes that have make this. That makes no sense. And then to use John Tenta, like it just it, it makes no sense. None of this made any sense. It's one of the worst segments ever. Uh, it's way <laughs> too long. Um, you know, it's the worst Piper stuff easily since his debut uh, yeah. by far. Uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't really had. And had a dud till this. No, say. no, not at all. We've liked him a lot. Yeah. The stupid proud dad smiley does when they're fighting at the end is awful. Um, <laughs> it made me, I lost a little trust in Piper that he let that boxing thing go on as long as he did, because yeah. that's what he could have called an audible on. And it's been like, yeah. all right, yeah, after like the first round or whatever, call it. But to keep it going and he keeps trying to fight, thinking yeah. he's going to win the crowd back, it never happened. It was, that's what really killed this was that segment. Yeah. Um, and then just that pick of the guy that with the just a real slob, the barefoot guy. Like just all of it was just. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's to me it's a yeah the the boxing thing really is a tough blow, uh, from a kind of optic standpoint because you could really tell like Piper was trying to get the crowd to come around to right. him. And uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of proud of my Atlanta brethren just saying, no, dude, like this sucks. Yeah, like yeah. we're we're not we're not coming around on this. This this blows. It's the probably. biggest miss that WCW's had since since the NWO started. I mean, I, I yeah, would, like it's like I would say, I don't I don't see why like from yeah, I mean, like even from like from a conception standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. Like. Piper may have boxed himself in by saying he's not a part of WCW, but yeah, you could have done something that says like, I mean, anything like it wouldn't have taken much for him to say like, Hey, at some point somebody had to give me a shot. I fought for, you know, right. I was told I was too small or whatever. And I'm going to give yeah, that. Now's your chance to yeah, say, yeah. you can even say Schiller said, I can get this match, but to do it, I have to have WCW contracted guys on my team. Right. Like, you know, something anything. like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
Like, you're not going, I mean, and, and, and God help if they'd have went through with these. I mean, we'll see how they handle that. But, right. I mean, like, what do you think? Like, I mean, like, I mean, from Is a. Is that planned, do you think? Have they changed it at the last second? No, I, 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 I do need to read the Observer for this, but I think it's, uh, I think they call it an audible. Yeah, you, so they were going to go through with this, and they yeah, only changed I it because they were of going, Right, like, this bomb so bad, they had to eject. Off of it, I uh, I want to get confirmation from that. If somebody else, you know, Jonathan Black or anybody else in the comments, uh, let us know if you know for sure that that'd be helpful. Um, and I'll try to get that before our next episode when they when they make the switch. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, from a kayfabe sense, like who would think Piper's gonna win this match? Like you're going up against the Outsiders and right. okay, yeah, no chance. He got right. this schlob that we saw for the first time, like boxing. Like, oh, come on. Tenta, I mean, good lord, we've seen Hogan beat him up for years, like, like right, at this right. point. So, yeah, it's bad. It made no sense. It was bad. All right. You know so, who these guys so, were? Were they from the power plant? No, Any idea? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I. There's no like. I think Horseshoe was in the power plant. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I I would assume they were, or like other like just like tough guys, like. Um. Yeah. So this was rough. I mean, between this and the Wall Street, the Wall Street rigs matches, whatever. But uh, but I mean, you can you can lump that in. This was a thirty minute. Like if you lump in Wall Street rigs in this, we're at thirty minutes. Yeah, that's a that's a real rough thirty minute stretch of a uh, of show here. It's a third of the whole episode. Uh, next is Mr. JL versus Ray. Unfortunately, like the crowd is still spent, so they don't get a great reaction. We get your favorite Prince Ikea. He doesn't insert promo here. Um, so you never dreamed of making it to WCW. Now he's here with the TV title. He says, Ray, you deserve a shot and you'll get it uncensored. So, you know, thank you. Oh, Big rematch. Again, yeah. Why are we doing this again? Get it off this guy, but. You yeah. know, we remember that home. Ray hits Springboard Cannonball. JL sends Ray down. Uh, Tony actually lets us know that JL upset Malenko in the Cruiserweight Tournament. So, you know, he can pull off uh, some upsets from time to time. La Mistral Cradle from JL gets two, but he misses a diving headbutt. Uh, Tony runs down the list of the upcoming shows, uh, which we went through with uh, Panama City, Savannah, Roanoke, etc. Uh, on the outside, JL hits the apron running somersault. Uh, you know, uh, Ray's able to hit the Frankensteiner for two, and then a little bit of back and forth where he hits the run for two. I, I, you know, I thought this was okay, but uh, this was hurt coming off of that segment. Like I said, the crowd was still deflated and uh, just didn't pop for the high spots like they might have, um, you know, coming off of a hot segment. So two and a quarter for me. Yeah, I went to a quarter as well. The crowd completely asleep, uh, thanks to Piper's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It had potential. It was rushed. It was clunky. Uh, it really wasn't the best uh, of what they could do. I mean, this is a match that should be like a dream match. Jerry Lynn and Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, take take 15 of that 40 wasted minutes we just had and give it to these guys and, and let them ball out instead. Um, so, yeah, just, just another disappointment for me. Yeah. Alrighty, that leads us into a, a very surprising interview segment here, where Medusa is with Gene. Uh, so Larry was right, and what he mentioned earlier, Gene flat out says, "Where have you been?" <laughs> so I asked her directly. Uh, she says she's been in WCW for more than a year. 
She trashed a nice title to come here. World-class title, she said. A world-class title to come here to WCW and open up women's wrestling, but she sat dormant because Bischoff is more interested in himself and the NWO. She says the NWO stands for New Women's Organization, so everybody's got an interpretation of what NWO stands for tonight. Uh, She says Bischoff should have been fired. She was the number one contender and will beat Akira Okuto for the championship. And then she lets us know that Luna Vachon was dressed up backstage for some reason, uh, but she wants to let Luna know she is the number one contender. Out comes uh, Luna. She rushes in and attacks Medusa, uh, gives her a DDT on the aisle, and uh, they uh, head to break with someone in the crowd holding up one of those like printout awesome, signs man. that says uh, watch Robin Hood on TNT. <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> hilarious side to have. Um, I mean, I mean, this, this was, this was what it was, but it was so out of left field. Like, I, I don't know, you know, Luna's just hanging out backstage in her gear. It's, like, it's, I, yeah, I this is, it's we completely like lost the right to crowd or something. Yeah. So I almost wish they leaned into it and were like, listen, this night is off the rails. Bischoff, you know, go fired halfway through the night. We got no one steering the show. We're trying to do our best. Yeah, like things are a little wacky right now. At least, like maybe then you kind of explain it away. But this is not like to me. It's just been a mess of a nitro. Like Medusa shows up after being on ice. They try to explain it by making it like Bischoff's been holding her down, I guess, and now right. he's out of the way. She can show up, but uh, Luna, without any explanation, just shows up and attacks her. It's just this weird stuff all night. Yeah, they, it, it was very weird how she was just there. I think that's the biggest thing I have a problem with. Uh, come back from break, finally. I think we kind of hone in on some decent stuff here. Uh, so the NW music, NWO music starts. Out comes the whole troop. Bischoff's back, but he's looking a little bit subdued. Um, and then we see that Sting, uh, Tony's mentioning, like, well, will we see Sting? Where is he? Well, Sting is with them, but he's in the very back of the pack, kind of lingering yep. behind them as they all walk out. Uh Bobby, I thought a good line on commentary says, well, let's make sure this is actually Sting. So, you know, they give a good close-up on it so you can see this is Sting. Uh, They talk about, you know, comments that Dusty had on Saturday night. I'm sure he was very poignant and uh, eloquent. Putting the finger on Sting being an NWO member. Uh, And then they all, of course, deduce that uh, this is absolute evidence that Sting's with him. So he's an NWO member because he's walking out with him. Uh, Bischoff says we need to clear up a few things. Number one, Dr. Schiller, you can't fire me and you know it because we are friends with Ted. Hogan takes over, says no one only does Mr. Bischoff have a personal relationship with Ted Turner. They are in business negotiations with the hottest property in wrestling, the NWO, and Schiller can take a hike, Jack. Um, so, So this sounds like kind of maybe foreshadowing that maybe we will... I don't know if this was just like a throwaway line or this again they were going to see about doing the NWO Nitro thing. We'll see. Um, it feels like it's headed that way. Either it's yeah. its own show or splitting the show in half and doing half NWO Nitro, half WCW Nitro. Right. Um, <clears throat> Bischoff says that uh, that's predatory business practices. Hogan says people need to know their limitations. Uh, while, yeah, while he's yeah, that is funny. While he's talking, um, I noticed that we had the laser pointer on Hogan. Somebody had the crowd. This may be the first instance of that. 
Uh, that's yeah, something yeah. that'll become very prominent. <laughs> I remember um, in high school, I, you know, everybody had the little laser pointers and you do it in class and whatnot. Uh, but Hogan says, you know, let's shoot with this one. And uh, this was funny, actually. We watched Roddy the Pied Piper Pickle people out here suck wind fighting a bunch of fans and that's his team who are you betting that team or my team here which was a was a good line a great line and uh you know seemed pretty justified uh stinks kind of standing behind them tony mentions that on commentary macho gets on the microphone now he says bischoff has protection Piper needs to go see a psychiatrist real bad because when you wear a shirt that says icon after Hollywood punked and gunked you twice, when you compare him career versus career with Savage, you're away in the back. And he feels sorry for Piper and that he has a lot of mental problems and that he couldn't even beat Elizabeth. Uh, Hogan says he's turned the NWO loose and uncensored. He'll turn the madness loose. The stinger will sting everyone on Piper's team. The outsiders are cool, bros, and rest are the coolest bros in wrestling. Trillionaire Ted and Six get a shout out. And once you go to the NWO, you go NWO for life, bro. And uh, Bischoff calls him Big Kev. A uh, pretty brief appearance from Nash tonight saying uh, he can only say two things. This squad is just too sweet. Uh, and then Bischoff says, we love you too. And he wants Hogan to pose as we had to break. So, this, I mean, I thought this kind of gets the show back on the rails a little bit. Uh, your usual gloating uh, NWO promo here. And uh, it was nice that we had some development with the Steam thing with him in the back. Um, and I liked how that was presented. It was fun. I mean, it was a little aimless, like most of this episode, honestly. Um, even Bischoff's suspension feels a little bit marginalized. I don't think he should have been back out here. I think it would have, I know he's like trying to rebel and show, but I think they could have just left him out backstage for this and been like, don't worry, Mr. Bischoff, we got your back or something like that. Like, it just feels like he was just suspended and not even an hour ago. It was a huge moment, and he's, yeah. here he is back on TV. I, I wonder if they could have done something, you know, like how he would run out there when Luger would show up. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. security come you get him and drag him out. could have had, like, Schiller and security come right out yeah. and, like, take him back. That would have been a cool moment. Because Schiller didn't just relieve him of his duty. He said, I don't want to see you at an event. Yeah, don't want to you know see you. Like, so, and here he is Adrian. at the event. Right. Like, right. What makes you think he's going to listen to anything? So it's like, what's the yeah. point? I agree. Um, so now we head to our main event. It's the Steiner brothers, which they have talked about on commentary, them being mm-hmm. back um, tonight uh, versus the giant and Lex Luger uh, crowds kind of back up. I think the NWO segment helped that uh, Rick and Lex Luger start off huge clothesline from Luger knocks Rick over. Rick picks up Luger and sends him down. Scott comes in. Now Scott's wearing kind of the light Steiner brother gear. You'll come accustomed to in the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah. Uh, so he's changing his look a little bit. We're past the multicolored gear stage for him. He gives a belly to belly suplex. He kind of gives the F you to the giant on the apron butterfly suplex. Uh, Luger comes back with a power slam. And uh, tags the giant in. Giant gets a nice pop coming in. Big boot from the giant. Huge elbow drop. Rick makes a save. Uh, Lex gets in, but kind of Mark Curtis asserts himself. Uh, Rick hammers, gives a, a double axe handle, 
goes to the Giant without tagging in. Both Steiners then are able to suplex the Giant. Luger breaks up the pin. All four in the ring and kind of stare at each other uh, as the NWO comes out from the back. So that, that essentially ends the match in sort of a DQ. Uh, I thought this was a fine match. Uh, you know, we see a little bit of the power moves. Luger's always somebody that has good chemistry with the Steiners, even back to the Super Brawl days. Um, so it's nice yeah. to see him mix it up with him. I went two and a half on this one. Yeah, two and a half for me too. If I feel like we've had this combo before, and it had like the same kind of finish. It was Sting and Luger and the Steiners and all that. Remember, um, mm-hmm. with the NWO always getting in the way. So yeah, it was fine. A fine power match. Um, so good heavy strikes, but it really was just here to fill a couple minutes before we get the closing angle. Right. So uh, the NWO comes out from the back. Immediate see ya from Bobby. Uh, Tony finally calls him out. He calls him a big chicken. <laughs> for always wanting to bail, uh, to which Bobby responds, how many eggs do you need? Which I thought was a pretty funny rebuttal. Uh, so the NWO comes out. They kind of surround the ring. As Sting walks down with his bat, uh, Tony lets us know that with the Steiners and Luger and Giant standing in the ring, like that would be, hey, that would be a great WCW team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of call out for the NWO to come in. Piper's crew shows up randomly, and they get in the ring. Um, and, uh, we kind of hold this out. I thought for a, a little bit too long, um, kind of waiting on, are they going yeah. to touch? Are they not? Uh, but we do get a nice, we want steam chant from the crowd and then, uh, Hogan Nash and the NWO guys get on the apron and we see probably 10 seconds of, you know, everybody just fighting in a, in a really cool looking visual brawl. Um, as we, uh, you know, we're out of time, we gotta go. So, so I, I thought this was a fine, um, ending segment. I, I, I still think the WCW versus NWO stuff is still hot, and yeah. the, the, the stuff with Sting is still good. Um, it's just this Piper stuff's kind of shoehorned in, um, unnecessarily, in my opinion. I thought the Steiners looked awesome. Um, they, they immediately elevated back up to the top dog. So, I mean, them with Luger and Giant, that's, that's a great team. It's a very strong team. Um, and when you compare that to the Piper slop, it's it's pretty uh, <laughs> yeah. pretty obvious dichotomy. Um, and the, yeah, it was a good finish. You know, we're hyping uncensored. We've got one more week to go. Looks like we have our teams in place for the big main event. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a fine way to wrap things up. All right. We're ready to get into our awards. <laughs> Yes, sir. So, um, uh, match of the night. I think I ended up going with Hoovy versus Ray Mendoza Jr. I went the main event. <laughs> That's yeah. the highest one I had. I, I mean, I had a lot at two and a half, two and three quarters. Um, so, probably like three or four matches here. Uh, what was your moment? Schiller uh, suspending Bischoff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the big. I did like the ending pull part, but I think Schiller suspending Bischoff is the big moment of this show. Uh, your yeah. MVP? I gave it to Schiller. I thought he was yeah. really good in the role. Like you said, it's a role that could have spiraled, um, and it needed to be delivered right because it's such a big moment for that crowd yeah. and for everyone watching. And he he rose to the occasion. Like it, it could have been shitty, but um, <laughs> he spoke clearly, got the points across, didn't linger. Uh, so he kind of stood out to me. Deserved a little love. Yeah. Okay, I, I gave it to his counterpart. I, I did go Bischoff here. Um, I think he's good at, like, eating shit. Like, he, he's a yeah. good person kind of groveling. Um, and I liked his performance in that segment and how he went from, you know, Dr. Schiller to Mr. Schiller to Harvey, like, progressively got more agitated and disrespectful along with that. 
Um, and, and uh, you know, we talked about it like he probably shouldn't have been out there, but he was good in that promo segment, kind of being Clody. So I want Bischoff. Uh, shots fired. Do you have anything? Uh, no, I don't think so, which is interesting because of how much they shot on uh, WCW with the main event. I think next week Piper retaliates on the uh, old okay. stuff, so we'll get that. Nice. Uh, debuts. I don't know. I mean, I just put tryout five. guy one horseshoe, tryout guy three, old time boxer, sloppy martial artist, Luna Vachon, and Harvey Shore. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, pretty much the tryout guys, Luna, minus 10 to Luna and Schiller. We'll just go with, yeah. yep. All right, uh, anything else? Uh, Road Report was Panama City. La Vela. <laughs> um, uh, no, that's it. So no dropped angles as of yet. No Japanese music, I don't think. No. Um, Final Grey, I, I did not like this Nitro. This is one of my lowest ones in a while. I thought it was one of the first ones in a while that was significantly worse than Raw to me. Uh, the matches, I, I have any that really hit. To have the main event at two and a half, that was aborted, be the match of the night. The Piper thing just sucked any joy I had out of this episode. Without yeah. that, or if that's tighter, this is up a little bit more. Like It wasn't that bad outside of it, but it wasn't good enough to me to survive that albatross around the neck of that segment. Um even the NWO promo was like been there, did that a little bit. It's good, but it wasn't like good enough for me to like save that segment. The Schiller stuff to me was the only really big thing that happened on this episode. Um, and, and I guess Luger Giant Steiners at the end coming together, but you really could have skipped this and not missed much. If you jumped ahead to Panama City Beach and you probably wouldn't have and caught up on the Schiller thing, you would have been fine, which you can't say for many nitros. It's, it's rare to me. Uh, so I went four out of 10. I just, I, I was bored by it. The Piper thing just drained me. Um, the fact that he, the veteran that he is, couldn't call an audible out of that segment and get out of it earlier. Um, unless they told him, don't worry, just go no matter what, we got to fill the time. But it was, it was all time bad. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's definitely a significant black eye on this show. Um, I, I, I have trouble ranking this show. Um, it's probably a little bit higher before we discussed it, but it, it is a significant portion that does, uh, you know, requires a lot of discussion. Um, th- there was some secretary stuff I liked with the horseman and with Dean Malenko. Uh, so I'm going to go five out of 10. Um, I think if you erase the Piper segment, if you just cut that down, um, even and just had like a throwaway match, I, I think it'd be, I mean, this never was going to be, I, I do agree that, I'm Let's sure give that, it to Ray um, and JL. That's a minor I, change they could have made. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the Schiller stuff will be replayed. So this this is one of the few, like, you could just, you know, hey, if you were out, you could have watched Saturday night, probably watched the recap of the Schiller Bischoff stuff, and you're good to go. Uh, yeah, which yeah, is which is which is very rare. Um so so yeah, I mean I, I would I would agree. One of the weaker nitro episodes we had in a while. So five out of ten. R- middle of the road. But and then with one, I mean this it's just a segment. Like, you can't reiterate how bad that segment is in the confines of that show. Because if you talk about, like, make it or break it segments, like, that segment doomed this show. All right. So, for the combo awards for the week, uh, you think Raw gets his first win since January 20th, which was the yep. go home for the Rumble. Um, and only second win since November 25th. So, uh, that'd have been the night <laughs> after the Rumble. Yep. Uh, 120. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Night, night after the Rumble. Night after Survivor Series. That's usually been where they've hit. Um, has been the night following the pay-per-views. Yeah. Uh, in November 4th at the gun. So 
Uh, best match, uh, Bulldog and Owen. I think it's pretty easy here. Yeah, yeah, very easy. What do you want to go for a moment? We kind of were a little bit. I, I was. I think the biggest moment, Schiller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't uh, think that's the commentary. biggest moment on both shows. I think better commentary again is Raw. Nitro. No, I mean Nitro. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. No, Nitro. Nitro, yeah. just because of the honky thing. Yeah, honky yeah. was terrible. Um. All right. So, uh, star of the night. Star of the night's tough. I'm always. I don't, I don't think anybody really stood out as like an official. So we had mankind. We had bulldog. I, I can go Schiller, with bulldog. Bishop. He's probably not going to win it much. And I mean, that was a big. Well, I think he's the guy you think of when you think of this week of TV. Like yeah. when you say, "Oh, the German Germany Raw," you automatically think bulldog. Like that's, that's yeah. what you think of. I, I couldn't have even told you anything else on that show. And I've seen these Raws a million freaking times. Like, right. I couldn't have told you anything on that show besides bulldog. Winning the European title and standing tall at the end. So, yeah. Um, all right, ratings winner Nitro. Yeah, and it and this was this was a bad rating for Raw. Um, this kind of you know I, I know it's the the uh, what South African Raw that Vince mm-hmm. loses his mind over, but but this is a bad rating. It gets a one point nine, which is yeah. their lowest rating since December thirtieth. Um, so, so bad, bad rating. I mean, the week before it's 2.5. So pretty significant drop. Like that's a 20. This one does get mentioned at times as one of the worst. And then, um, the South Africa one is the kill shot. Yeah. When he decides to Uh, change. Nitro, actually, we talked about it at a couple rough weeks where it was at a 3.8 leading in, uh, December 10th. You know, that's unopposed. So, uh, uh, 3.1. 2.9 2.9 and 3 the last 3 weeks where they've been head to head. Uh this week they are up to a 3.4. So kind of gaining, a, you know, a little bit which I you know, I don't know. I don't know what it, just sort of the winds of time. But certainly going into Mania, you don't want to see your rating drop like that. So so that's a tough blow for a Raw. And it's surprising coming off the ECW Raw, but I don't know, maybe people are all turned off by it. Like maybe ECW um, not retaining that, and not a lot of stars on that raw either. So maybe you watch yeah, kind of like. And, and we didn't mention that. I did write in my notes. I wanted to mention it. I did hate when they showed the recap of the ECW raw, how they blurred the weapon shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, come on, it was not that violent. I'm guessing that was a USA thing. That was probably well, that was really lame. Like it was a cane yeah. shot or whatever. Like, come on. So that sucked. But yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if it backfired or just just a down night. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird things. We're like, whatever. Yeah, because we talked about it from a quality standpoint, and uh, just rewatching the shows have been more consistent on the WWF side. But well, I'm curious too, because like, like ECW has really got one more, and then they're done. So I don't know maybe the ratings. <laughs> like Vince was like, all right, like this isn't doing anything for me. I'm done with it. Right. Uh, right. And that barely legal happened, and maybe that was all right. We're done. Yeah. Um, we helped you <laughs> go away. So. All right, so that'll do. We'll be back in two weeks' time uh, with what do we got going on? March tenth. So that's yeah, a big, big that's one. a big night. That's a big we one. The, we got the go home to uncensored at, at Panama City Beach yes. Club La Vila uh, Spring Breakout Night Show. It's a big night show. We got a huge RAW. We are yeah. going to Raw's War. We are there. Um, Monday Night Raw's dead. We're going to we're going to uh, the War Zone now in Worcester. So we'll a see very, how that very works. very sneaky fun head-to-head battle next week i don't i don't think yeah. like march 10th doesn't you know automatically pop off like okay but it's like yeah you get the first 
Spring Break Nitro versus the first Raw is War. Very fun. I mean, subscribe and don't miss any because we're hitting these, these next four episodes are like wild stuff. I mean, we have this, then we got Uncensored, then we got um, the Go Home to Mania, which is a pretty crazy Raw. Yeah, Fallout from Uncensored, and then Mania 13. Um, and then from there, it's on. That's that's where it begins. Yes. Like that yeah. Raw gets hot from there. So um, we're, we're up and running now. So tell your friends, don't, change, don't you dare change that channel. <laughs> Uh, subscribe leave, leave us a comment a like we love you uh, like i mentioned earlier check out all our social media for our daily wrestlemania match countdown going through every match all 402 of them for episode of this year's mania uh subscribe across the board thank you smell the napalm we'll talk to you soon